We don't have to imagine it, man. It's like happening in real life right here in the pool, man. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. That sounds really good. Oh, shit, yes. Oh, shit, yes. And now here I am at Fun Spot, busting my ass. Lots of weed. Stay stoned. Streaming value for value and weed is an excellent combination. I'm going to write to smoke weed. Honey, you read. Can you still smell the Mary Jane? I don't think this stuff is working. Do you smoke pot? Yeah, dude, you were here smoking pot with me. Dame DeLorean. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. So when are we smoking some weed? Any time might be the right time. Including this time. Which, uh, if you're listening live, is September 5th, 2023. And this would be episode... Number 267, Bowl After Bowl. I'm Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'm Dame DeLorean. And you're the bowlers. Welcome, bowlers. Thanks for coming along for another one. Getting this bowl lit. In fact, we done got this bowl lit. Uh, Which makes this... This is a new live son of a bitch. New live son of a bitch. Sparked it up. Oh, yeah. Done been sparked. I love it. Spark one up. Ah, we'll spark one up and join us. You know, get right into the recap because, uh, back to school, back to school. Things are busy. Oh, yeah? It's like officially vacation season is over and, uh, do a lot of shit all the time season has begun. Mm. 100% official. Yeah. Kind of nice. When it's you, good. It's good for productivity. Yeah. And I feel like time management is easier when you have your schedule filled up. Yeah. I think that's just like a, there's no other way to be, you know, if you have a bunch of stuff to do, you have to squeeze it in somehow. Yes. So if you have like multiple deadlines, then you gotta, you gotta prioritize and really uh, focus and meet the deadlines and jam things on certain days. So yeah, I agree. I like the busy times keeps me slightly better organized <laughs> slightly slightly um i was doing the rounds last week i think we confused everybody christopher battles really got confused by we i mean me mm-hmm. uh because i jumped live on the uh stream when i did east side tony show defend the network yeah that was a fun one so that can be found all over the place he's put it on a lot of platforms uh including I think is really hilarious. He's got like uh, LNURL QRs going on YouTube and stuff. So it's like, I don't know. Surely that's a some sort of a tick or attack on your permanent record over there. But 
He's he's just doing it. He's out there running with scissors. Hell yeah. And uh, that's what I sat down to talk with him about. We did a little video stream, and it was not it was not a bulls with buds. So that I think was a lot of the source of confusion. That was Thursday night when I sat down with him. We kind of talked about uh, the decentralized music stuff and the value for value stuff. Um, for him, you know, as it pertains to video streaming. So that's what he's got going on over there. And then the next night, there was a Bulls with Buds. That was Friday night. You and I sat down and talked with Sir TJ. The Wrathful. Sir TJ the Wrathful. It's a very excellent conversation. Um, <clears throat> he is, uh, with him and his nine siblings, a mishmash of some of them make up the Dorfels, which is a band that's been dropping a lot of self-hosted uh, music. So we talked all about that. Got all the origin stories you could ever want. And then some. Yeah, it was a great one. A great bowl was had. Great bowl was had. No doubt. You want to check that out? I heard it playing on the stream earlier today. Um, yeah, you can check out all of our Bowls with Buds at bowlswithbuds.com. That's right. It's just kind of our interview format. So we do these bowls, uh, bowls with Buds sporadically whenever we can get a bud to sit down with us it's not necessarily every single week uh in fact there are weeks and weeks without a single bulls with buds and then sometimes it's every week and i'm happy to announce we do have another one this week that's right so we got a back-to-back week for bulls with buds this friday we're gonna be sitting down with the og buds in the bowl carolyn and fletcher yes of hog story fame hogstory.net so yeah we're going to get them back in here because it's been a while and I miss those guys. And I also, we got a lot to talk about with this new album that yeah. uh, they've put together. Everything is lit. Everything is lit and all that good shit. So, yeah, if you haven't checked out Everything is Lit, the album is very fun. Wide ranging. There's some poetry on there. There's some uh, un- unreleased, previously unreleased uh, Fletcher tunes on there. Uh there's all kinds of stuff. Sir TJ had a song on there. Uh, a couple, I think, actually. Yes. My Trumpy song is on there. Hey Citizen has some bangers. Hey Citizen's got some on there. All kinds of stuff. I'm getting... I don't list. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm getting dangerously close to getting in trouble for myself. Uh, we'll talk about all of it, and we'll list it fully, and we'll not leave a single one out. Uh, This Friday. This Friday. This Friday. September 8th. Yeah. What time? Uh, 8 p.m. Central? 8 Central is when we'll sit down with them, yes. And spark that bowl up. You know how punctual uh, us buds are. Right on time, baby. 8 Central, we'll be here. So uh, come check it out. What else did we check out? Oh, the Jackbox games. That was fun. That was Sunday night. Yes. Another Jackbox in the books. I lurked. I listened to the audio of you guys playing while I was doing housework. Oh, nice. It was a lot of fun. I really wanted <laughs> the make heroism saying, uh, or at least I think it was make heroism saying, I'm a little flight attendant. That shit got me every single time. <laughs> oh, everyone had a, there was one Jackbox game where it was like comedians. So everybody had to like work a, a joke into a set or something like that. I, just like a little mini game. So everyone had a catchphrase as well. So you're supposed to perform <laughs> your joke and then say your catchphrase. 
Yeah, good times. Good times we're had. Um, for those of you in the chat, by the way, if you want to join the chat, there is a Kiwi link. If you go to bullafterbull.com and hit listen live, there's a Kiwi link to get you into the uh, Pound Bull After Bull channel on irc.zeronode.net's uh, IRC network. Or uh, if you're a real nerd, then you already have an IRC client and you can just point it at that. But uh, there's a new addition tonight with the old uh, sp- or, excuse me, split kit relay. Split kit relay, which Cotton Gin is playing with. He's out there running with scissors and he's trying to uh, kind of get something that will... Woo, that's a hot bowl coming in. Get something that'll play uh, f- fair with the chat, play fun with the chat. Very nice. So that's exciting stuff. That's awesome. Always trying new stuff. I was watching uh, him test it out with Boobery and Lavish last night behind the schemes as they switch around uh, songs during their live show and change the, uh, you know, the live item. Mm, so the time value split, I should say. When this show gets chapters, <laughs> it'll change chapter to chapter. Yeah, that's part of it. Yep. Wow. Yeah, that's the idea. So all of that coming soon. Actually, I have some notes of some notes of the progress of that coming in for later. Incredible. Incredible indeed. What else happened? I had another fizzolino. Oh, how was that? It was cool. It was a, a wedding up in uh, just outside of my hometown, and it was Tori's last day. One of our bartenders. Oh, so on, that's bittersweet. Yeah, she's cool. I definitely miss her. She's a Libra like you. And her special talent was to be able to just check people, like absolutely check social, uh, socially check dumb shits, and put them in their place without making enemies. Oh, check them but don't wreck them. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe make them laugh and realize, oh, yeah, I'm a dumb fuck. Just get like just <laughs> enough sass and like she would never take any shit, but she would always like return any if any comes our way so it's just cool to have that in a bartender you know uh i can do it too but it's more of like a softening thing and a mirroring thing with her she can like directly bat at people which you know i think you ladies can get away with a lot more of that than us fellas can Hmm, i don't know but anyway yeah she's moving on down out of the state so you'll be on the lookout for another bartender Yes. Yes, I guess we will. Um, one cultural note, I guess, is that the uh, Bud Light refusal or boycott or whatever is still culturally in play. Mm. And it kind of goes like this. Uh, we got Coors Light or Bud Light. I don't drink no Bud Light, I ain't gay. <laughs> and that's, ha- that's kind of how it goes. Which is sort of funny because you can find the Twitter logo change of Coors, I bet you could find way more gay Coors logo stuff than even Bud Light. But Bud Light, they just went the extra mile, I think, with the Mulvaney thing, and now it's just it's just uh, the default setting for uh, culture out there. Talking boots on the ground report here, man. But when will they forget about it and go back to drinking it? I'm, I'm not sure. There's, or do you think it's... There's a few people that legitimately don't care and like cheap beer. And I heard, because sto- this kind of became a thing, so some people started talking about it. And, you know, there was a few people who just don't give a shit, so they're going to drink the Bud Lights, you know? 
Right. And then, but that was not the majority by far. Mm. Most of most of the people there did care. And it was sort of like the, uh, if you get a single ear pierced, you know, mm-hmm. you got to have it on the left side or else that's gay. Yeah. If you get on the right side, only that's gay. And it was kind of like that. It was the same sort of thing where you just don't do it because it's gay. <laughs> it's just like, it was fascinating, really. A guy told us a story of uh, they were at some bar during their vacation. It's like a ski town or something. And they they had like free Bud Light draws if people would take them. Damn. Because the kegs were just getting, you know, they were just getting past, they were approaching expiration. And they just had to get the beer out of them. So they were approaching expiration, but not approaching empty. <laughs> So they were just giving them away and like couldn't quite give them away. Crazy, man. That's gay. Gay. And they all, you know, it's like all of these companies do the gay thing. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of funny, man. It's just hilarious to see people like reach for cores instead of bud for these reasons, you know? Yeah. These convictions, these certain. Just like, I don't know, man. Bud really stepped in it. All because of a commercial move. Yeah. Some marketing. <laughs> just some like uh probably just replying yes to a some kind of Instagram message, you know, or something. I don't know. Uh what actually went down versus like the backlash is kinda incredible. Incredible. It's always, it's always fun. I don't know. Domestics, I mean, who's gonna waste their time? If you're gonna have a beer, have a good beer. Yeah. Just have a couple good beers, you know? Why would you pound like eight, ten domestics? Light domestic beer. What are you doing, guy? What are you doing, guy? It's like, uh, oh, yeah, I like light domestic beer. You know, the main reason why you drink light domestic beer is because it's hot as all shit out, and you're going to keep drinking all night. And it's cheap. So it's cheap. It's, like, watered down enough to where that's not going to wreck you. Um, But, ugh. I don't know, man. I can nurse a beer for a very long time. So I have two nice beers and just nurse those, like... If the goal is to drink for eight hours, you can still drink for eight hours on, like, doesn't have to be double-digit number of beers. Yeah. Pace yourself. But fuck, what do I know? But fuck. I'm just an old guy now. That's what's, that's my problem. Being too old. Gay. Too, I'm too old to drink all this gay beer. <laughs> oh, so that's that. I don't know. Did you guys have Prosecco on tap? Nope. Oh. Uh. No, we pre- we had couple I know. pre-mixed drinks. We did margaritas and we did uh, rum and cokes. Mm, yeah, I understand the people that hire you choose. It's always dealer's choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when I think Fizzolino, I think Prosecco. Yeah, it's our bread and butter, uh, Prosecco on tab, but not this time. Didn't have it this time. Did have a great time, though. Um, Actually, <laughs> they had to go and get more beers because we ran out maybe like halfway through the writing. Of pretty much everything. Wow. Yeah. So they did a... They misjudged how much their peoples could drink. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it was a great time. As it always is. I love those. Yeah, you're a great bartender, too. Because you're a fun guy. My fun guyness kicks in. Well, you know what else kicked in over the past week? Some bowlers. Kicked in hard to the project we call Bowl After Bowl. We like to thank them, like, right up front, right at the beginning of the show. Um, 
As long as we don't have anything else to talk about. I just wanted to mention that we're also going to be guests on the Lotus Effects 100th episode Saturday. Thank you, yes. 4 p.m. Central. That's right. Big time alert. They're having their 100th episode. And uh, so we're very excited to join them. And I think we're breaking down their first one. Probably telling, retelling a lot of origin stories is my uh, guess. Yeah. And just uh, having a grand time in general. That's the whole plan. So 4 Central Saturday. That's right. And uh, those are some bowlers that we thank too, you know. Because they kind of met here in the bowl together. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sort of like what we were talking about with Sir TJ, right? The thing that Phone Boy and Phoenix started to do kind of separately, but then together, and then now they're doing like a whole podcast. They started putting value in, in their own way, on their own timeline, as two different people. And TJ kind of talked about his journey of value for value, starting with making end-of-show mixes and sending in uh, stuff to No Agenda, and then that evolving to what's going on now with his own podcast and all this music that's uh, being added, self-hosted, to the podcast index. All these cool things popping off, all this value coming back. It's one of those... uh, wild situations it's kind of hard to explain unless you get into it and try it yourself but if you're holding back if you're if you're using a value for value product or um you know you've been listening for a while and you're just holding yourself back from contributing or putting value in because oh i don't know it's not enough what i have to give isn't enough what i have to give isn't valid what i have i have to give is not of value um try it out Try what you have a value, you know? You might yeah. be surprised. And people usually are surprised to see when they start getting involved in bringing value in, in, in these m- multiple ways that you can do it. It starts to amplify. It starts to echo back. Now that I put more in, there's more in there for me and everybody else. And that just kind of starts to multiply. It's a crazy phenomenon. I don't know. I probably would use way too many words to describe it. Value magic. <laughs> you can always cut through the weeds. That's what I love about you. <laughs> that's what I appreciate about you. Uh, so anyway, that's what we do. We are value for value production. Put this thing out week after week, bowl after bowl, Tuesday night after Tuesday night. Even throw in a bowls with buds here and there when we can get them. And uh, that's yours up front to evaluate. It's free to use. The only ask is that you kind of consider the value it brings to you. And if you were, in, you know, subtracting value from your life in any way, you should probably close the uh, close the app and walk away. Yeah, if definitely. We're, if we're not adding any kind of value to your life, shoot, we're probably wasting your time. But if you find it valuable, if you keep coming back, uh, then we just ask that you would consider what that value might be and how you might be uh, able to return it into this system. And we don't just say that. Because we want Satoshis and we want your dollary dues. We say that because we want you to experience the value for value yourself. Uh, from firsthand experience and from secondhand stories like we heard from TJ, like we know from Phoenix and Phone Boy, like many others. Once you put more skin in the game, more value comes out in return. And so uh, we want that for you. Yeah, I've got a recent example too. Oh. Last night, I put in a little boop boop be boost into behind the schemes and now 
I am suddenly the succubus of the schemes. <laughs> the succubus of the schemes. <laughs> I think they said something else. Uh, Morgan? Yeah, I'm the, uh, the Morgan the Morgan of podcasting. Yeah. Succubus of the schemes. We all know what it really is. Value. <laughs> it's value. Yeah. Either way. Yes. I shall accept value. I shall accept my tithing in the form of boosts. Yeah, there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. Uh But yeah, you have to participate to understand the value magic. Yeah. But really you put in a little and you get out a lot. There's so much more here than just podcasts. I mean, there's the people behind it in the community. It's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, the value can come from many angles and then it translates into many more. So uh, it's a lovely time altogether, a lovely time altogether. And we do want to thank people who might have come in on the PayPal's. So let me just pull that up right quick here. And it looks like uh, since we last spoke here, we got uh, a recurring coming back in from Sir Kevin S. Kevin S., thank you. The central coast of California. We definitely appreciate that. We appreciate that. We also got a new one, or at least new as far as I know, from a JS. JS. I like to... Uh, yeah, we'll use the initials. We don't want to dox anyone. I take my uh, notes from Nick the Rat on that, where uh, we don't want to dox if we don't have a note, which we don't have a note, uh, and I don't have an email as far as I'm aware, but thank you, JS, for 10 bucks into the PayPal quite a short time ago. And although JS is not new to the bowl. Oh, look at that. That's probably me, says the chat. Face to the screen. Face to the screen. Thank you. Just saying. Excellent. So thank you. Ten, $10 dues. Oh, kakram. And you hear balls hitting pins throughout the show as well. Uh, that is part of the magic of boosting. Boostograms. Live streaming payments. Part of what makes this a new live son of a bitch podcasting 2.0. And I've got helipad set up to make a little strike sound every time a boost comes in and you just hear them throughout the show. A little extra way to interact with the bowl. And to participate, all you got to do is take all your clothes off and go to nudepodcastapps.com. Get yourself a nude one. You want to sort by that value filter. That'll show you all the apps that you can use to boost little tiny pieces of Bitcoin. Satoshis. Right into the node and get the pins knocking over and all that good stuff. It's great fun. Yeah, and all the value comes straight to us. Yeah. No no uh, weird mm, leeches in the middle sucking it away. Nope. We can determine the whole, uh, the whole chain of events that occurs every boost. We can split it up with all of the people that make the show happen. And that's what's so damn great about it. There's another one. So let's catch up on some of these. I like to scroll back to about six days ago. 1420 sets from Harv Hat. That was the outro out of CurioCaster. Ooh, thanks, Harv Hat. Appreciate you, brother. And then we had a Chad F, uh, Chad F boost. 3333 out of CurioCaster. Thank you, Chad F. I was doing mad tests to make sure that TJ's split got uh, corrected. And Ooh. it did. Uh, get corrected. So, worked that kink out. Uh, in the meantime, though, during all that testing, we did get 250 sats from Make Heroism out of Fountain. And uh, he says, 
Hey, just wanted to touch on the addiction conversation. Drug addiction was a very big red pill for me. I had a couple of friends pass away or fall victim to heroin addiction for a long time. This brought me to the, how is this drug even getting into the country uh, question. After one of my best friends accidentally killed himself with heroin, I tried to really wrap my head around addiction as a whole. I was never the type to latch onto a drug like that. You both kind of touched on it, but didn't spell it out. Uh, and then he follows up with another boost here out of Fountain. Uh, 250 again. He says, what I found was more than any other factor, feelings of isolation are what led people to leaning on drugs in a way where they're trapped in the addiction cycle. This is why I believe more than anything else, the small group offers having a community, uh, the small group off offering having a community is the most important thing. While I had already yes. been a listener of No Agenda prior to my friend's passing, this event in my life was a catalyst for me to really view the show as something much bigger. COVID was what really forced me to be more active with the community as a whole. The powers that be clearly want us to feel isolated and dependent on just about anything. Drugs, the shit we call food, but we know it is not. Money, sex, whatever, and I think we've reached a point of being able to confidently say that I refuse to be controlled in this way. I found a community... And I made all the choices within my power in the current moment to not be dependent on these traps. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. Love you guys. <laughs> we love you. Beautiful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in the, in, the, in the academic research, too, if you really look into, because we hear politicians and uh, harm reduction um, med medical interventionists come in all the time and tell us, Oh, there's not enough studies. There's not enough studies and um, drugs and behavior. There's an extensive, extensive amount of research into drugs and behavior. The literature on it is there's like it's incredible. It's wild. Shitloads of it. And if you look into a lot of uh, stuff on addiction, you'll find that in, in in many cases it's environmental factors that are the biggest uh, causes. Yeah. And uh, treatments and experiments that involve completely, completely removing the addict from a certain environment turn out to be a lot more effective. And that includes, you know, people. It's not just location, but also people around you, people in your life. So we hear a lot that connection is protection, and I think that uh, that's a big part of it and what this community thing is all about, you know? It's part of the value magic. Exactly. Uh, Mary Kate Ultra, fifty five, fifty five. she boosted that Hog Story Trumpy song from Fountain. Nice. She said, I love it, and I love the people. I love it, and I love the people. It's a very important story. Yes. Big story. But big story. Big, big, big story. <laughs> Hog story. Uh, thank you, Mary Kate Ultra. Appreciate you. Uh, these boosts came in during our sit-down with uh, TJ the Raffle, Sir TJ, on Bowls with Buds. So we read those on the show, and if you want to catch up on that, you can go to bullswithbuds.com. That will show you all of the interview uh, formats. You can also just scroll down in your favorite nude podcast tab. It was episode 266, so uh, it won't be that long of a scroll. It's right up there at the top of the list. Let's see here. So there were some boosts that came in after that show, including you were hitting stay a while. Oh, yes. So thank you. I requested Willow Brown, uh, uh, one of my favorite songs off that album. Nice. And then you played it, and then I boosted the song because it brought joy to my heart. Love this track, so she says. I contributed value back. 
Um, we had Chad F boosting from Podverse here, another thirty-three, thirty-three. He was boosting that Bulls with Buds, uh, listening to it post-production, and he said uh, this emo Stormtrooper song is great. That was a fantastic one. Yes, and I believe Sir TJ the Wrathful got that song value enabled. Oh, very cool. Yes, we'll have to dig back in there then and add a value time split for that. Definitely. That'll be uh, that'll be my baby's first value time split. And I'm going to put a link to the song in the show notes for this episode, too. Cool. So you can go listen to it, and when you find yourself giggling like us, boost some sats. Yes. Yeah, that was a beautiful uh, beautiful moment there. I think that uh, it was a cool little tribute. Uh, 7777 was next up from Harvat. He was boosting us from the podcast index, which you can do. It's a thing. And uh, what does he say? I can't wait to hear more from Sir TJ and the Dorfels. Great show and always good buds. What yeah. I love their weekly song release. It's a really good format. It's really creative. I haven't seen it uh, done like that. And I think that it's awesome to have bands kind of come and experiment with the possibilities and the potentials for what you could do, especially when you're self-hosting because you can write all of your own stuff, you know? So like, how you want the show formatted and how you want it delivered to all these apps. You can be the boss of that and you can be in charge of that as long as you are in boss of and control of your RSS feed. Yeah. And when someone boosts you, you get to read their little love note. Yes, exactly. That's my favorite part. It's a big, uh, the connection is protection. In fact, uh, we forgot to play, but, uh, this, this is, this is the song that, it erupts in our hearts every time the boosts come in. I'm gonna boost some sats. I've got forty thousand in my wallet. I'm 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 boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. It is, and Hey Citizen is fucking awesome for making that. Yes, he is. Yeah, just another example of the many ways that value can come in. Uh, speaking of value, Baron of Rotterdam hit us with a little bit of value. Thirty-three, thirty-three sats out of Curiocaster. Well, thank you, Baron. No note, just the boost, and we appreciate you very much. We also appreciate Mary Kate Ultra. 7777 jackpot boost uh, from Fountain. And she said, post show was so wild, I tried boosting the live item tag and was confused it didn't go through. Then it hit me that I missed it. This Bulls with Buds must be lit. Excited to listen. Oh, yeah. It was a good one, and our post show was fantastic, too. That's right. A wild boobery appeared. Yep. And, uh... We turned the lamp on. Yeah, we lit the back porch lamp down here behind the bowl, and sure enough, 15 minutes later, a, a wild boobery starts bouncing up against it. <laughs> so that was cool. Uh, yes, another boost. Baron of Rot- uh, Rotterdam again. He boosts us 33-33. Two more times. Whoa! At a curio caster. So, appreciate your boosts, sir. Bunch of magic there. Yes. Uh, Stephen B is testing something, I believe. He's boosting from Ellen Beats. Uh, making Beans over on Stay A While. Nice. Uh, some boosts coming in from Stay A While. Uh, let's see. 369.69 is next. Oh. From Hey Citizen. Thank you, Hey Citizen. Big time triple threat. 69! 69, dudes! One's out of Podverse. He boosted uh, the TJ the Raffle, Sir TJ the Raffle episode. And he says, 
some joke about G strings. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, there you go. G string is now in the corner. Uh, forty-two sixty-nine from Harv Hat. He's boosting as soon as the live item wakes up and goes live every Tuesday night, and it did about forty minutes ago. So he sent us forty-two sixty-nine from the podcast index. Appreciate you. Ah, oh, thank you. Uh, Fletcher's next. Fletcher sparked one up. Fletcher spark one up. Uh, ninety-four twenty sats. Oh. 9,420 out of Fountain. And he said, love is lit, live and light, love and thunder. All right. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you very much, sir. Looking forward to talking with you on Friday night as well. Yeah. Bowling, bowling, bowling. Uh, 76.67 sats next up from NetNed out of Fountain. Oh, thanks, NetNed. NetNed says in his boost, first time I baked was with my mom. Night bowlers. And he's going to bed, so Net Ned is in net bed. Night night, Net Ned. Uh hopefully we are soothing him to sleep. Yes. With some soothing voices. We'll have some good baking stories later. Oh yeah. Uh next up, sixty nine, sixty nine sets. Sixty nine! Sixty nine, dudes! It's coming from Hey Citizen out of Podverse, and he asks, Have you ever considered making an app for value music? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, why didn't I think of that? You know what? You might have a point. Let me take a note down. A value app. Would it be like it would play music and you could like send boosts just to like music? I think you're onto something there. I appreciate that. Uh, 3333 is next up. From Weirdo. Thanks, Weirdo. Weirdo, he's back. Out of Fountain. Uh, 3333, like I said, he says. Offerings for the succubus. Succubus? Succubus? Succubus. Succubus. Suck you, bis. <laughs> <laughs> the fuck you waiting for? Bitch, start sucking. Like that? I think so, yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely offered. Boost my boobies. That's how it feels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being the succubus of the schemes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, excellent. And then, uh, finally, 17,776 sets from the Mothman out of Boost CLI. That's how you know he's got his node back rocking there. All right. Boost CLI. And that's an extended freedom boost. He says, yeah, more skin. A ties to the succubus of behind the schemes. Nice. Succubus of the schemes. Damn it. I'm tongue tangled. Reading is hard. You've said <laughs> succubus ever since I met you. Yeah. And, and then I've I... heard succubus before, but you like trained me out of it or something. <sighs> I fucked you up. Mm-hmm. I looked up the pronunciation the other day and it was succubus. Like I knew incubus for sure. It makes nothing. And sense. then I thought, well, incubus, if succubus. it's incu, then it must be suck you. And uh, yeah, those schemers were right. They were saying it right. Suck you, ink me. But yeah, every time a boost rolls in or an ISO of me is played, my power grows. Succubus. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the good kind, yeah. That's like the Russian thing. Succubus or whatever. Only good, wholesome succubus energy coming out of this lady. <laughs> <laughs> Big time. Uh-oh, Bootlysteed's coming in. 
I can hear I can uh, uh-huh. radar O'Reilly it because I can see it in the chat. Boost after boost relays these boosts in real time as they come in. Thanks to C Dubs. Thanks to C Dubs, and the way it's written, it sees it slightly sooner than Helipad will see it, so we can read them before we even hear the pins crash into the bowl, which is pretty cool. That one's from Bowley Steed. Bowley. 11,111. That's a satchel of five Richards. Woo. A Richard for every finger, if you think about it. Mm. Uh, she says bowlers with a big grinny face and her signature bowling emoji. And she says nine nine. Aw, nine nine, Bowley Steed. Nine nine. Sleep tie. Awesome. 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 So awesome, awesome. Of course, there's a bajillion other ways you can contribute value to the bowl. Correct. And one of them is being in the chat, hanging out with us. Yeah. And you see these boosts rolling in, and oh, speak of the devil. There's boost rolling one. in. Uh, Sir TJ the Ratful just hit us. <laughs> speak of the devil. Ratful? Is that what you said? The Ratful. I think wrathful. that my... Uh, I think my noise gate's a little bit aggressive. I think on some so. of these wrathfuls. Yes, of course, Sir TJ the wrathful. He's <laughs> full of wrath, not rats. That's the sewer that's full of rats. Uh, coming in from Podverse, by the way, seventeen thousand seven hundred seventy-seven sets. Oh, thank you, Sir TJ. He said, "When I realized it was Tuesday, I was so glad I get to hear your smooth, silky voices. Aww. Work was mega crap today. I'm tired. May fall asleep." Had to give some value before sleep takes me. Also, I did get my beautiful friend Miles Fonda's emo stormtrooper song up. Yes. It's on Ellen Beach. Ellen Beats. Excuse me. In my dreams, I'm always on Ellen Beach. Mm, that's a good place to be. Uh, it's on Ellen Beats, which you type the letter L and then the letter N and then the word beats.com into your favorite web browser and you're there. Uh, Ellen Beats.com. Just search Miles Fonda if you liked it. Boosts go to a wall I set up for his three-year-old son. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks for having me on Bulls with Buds. That's killer, man. Yeah, I was thinking kind of about that and how maybe we could, you know, memorialize and have a fund uh, for your buddy. And that's killer that you, uh, you're you already on that. Yeah, that's the power of self-hosting, baby. And that's cool. It's kind of like a college education set up for his, uh, or college fund set up for his son, or just future life fund. Mm-hmm. Whatever he might need. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. So yeah, Emo Stormtrooper by Miles Fonda. And by the way, TJ, that was a beautiful tribute for your friend. Uh, yeah, it really was. It's like totally heartwarming and <laughs> it's close to home too, man, because like I lost my best friend in the whole world too, so. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's tough and you just always want to honor their memory. I think you're doing a fantastic job of doing that. Oh, man. You were saying there were many ways, though, to uh, contribute. Yes, as absolutely. We can see, as we can see. the Really, the limit is your imagination in terms of value given and value received. Yes, I feel the value, and I love that. I thrive on it. Definitely. But yeah, you can make art for the bowl. Like, hey, Citizen made those jingles. Make Heroism has made some kick-ass episode art. I think there's one in the hopper that I need to use. Yes, there is. And uh, and you can, too. You can submit it to show at bowlafterbowl.com. You can also send in funny news stories or clips that you find, things you want us to talk about or address. And simplest of all, if you think someone you know might be a bowler, you can pass them the bowl. 
That's a very simple form of value, and it goes a long way. But also, we have a first time I ever topic every week, and we love hearing your beautiful voices. So we hope you will call in and tell us about the first time you ever baked. All you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play your voicemail without screening it. So anything goes in the bowl. And you can also text or send pictures if you're voice shy or in a dead zone. That's right. Many ways to enter. And all of them allow you to win. (laughs) That's right. It's value, baby. Absolute value. Absolute value. Sorry, I was doing a sneaky backdoor uh, domain purchase. Grabbed it, boys. It's ours. Ellenbeats.com. Oh, yo, got it. All right. Uh, oh, like a different Ellen? Yeah, like E-L-L-E-N. <laughs> That's what uh, ISO bought her to say, Ellenbeats.com. Oof, so. but now it'll redirect. Yeah. Oh, In case it. that's what you heard, too. Yeah. <laughs> we'll redirect it. We'll throw it to Ellen Beats. Got him. Then you can do either. Then it'll, they'll both work. That's real-time value, my friends. Uh... And yeah, speaking of voicemails, I got a couple interesting ones this week. And oh, yeah? it's funny because I was only catching up for, uh, with them right before the show. So I didn't really have the chance to uh, download these or play them in any kind of cool way. Mm. But I think that I'll just be able to play them. This uh, this first one really surprised me. It was a... I always... So let me set this up. I always get spam bullshit calls about pandemic refund stuff mm. your small business could qualify your employees your employees like i don't have no employees man well i look like some guy that employs people but i get these calls constantly and so uh this one took a little bit of a different approach or a different tactic Got a gem for you. you know times were wild and if you had employees you might oh, be shit. sitting on a refund that's rightfully yours but check this out i got a hookup for you Called ERC Enroll. Blah, 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 blah. Got the game he got online. the hookup. Now, here's the kick. <laughs> These folks at ERC. Blah, 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 blah. They got connections like no other. They can have them funds in your hands quicker than you can roll up your favorite. Well, you know what I mean. We're talking just a couple weeks and boom, you got that cash flowing back where it belongs. So if you're a business owner wow. who's been through the thick of it, don't miss out on this golden opportunity. Slide on over to ERC. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Let them know Snoop Dogg sent you and watch the It's magic fucking happen. Snoop. I can't believe or Snoop at least called you. Or maybe uh, a very good deep fake. Is this ridiculous? That um, is ridiculous. I at first I was like, why are they like black explaining this process to me? You know what I'm saying? Like I was wondering, like, is this a zip code thing type of how are they targeting this? And then it's Snoop Doggy Dog. And so then it's like, okay, how are they targeting like the Stonies? The Stony men, you know? Yeah. Notice he made like a weed reference that wasn't explicit. Like, why, why are you rolling up your favorite? You know. You know. Oh my God. Yeah, and also just like, oh, they got connections and blah, blah, blah. They got They're connects. Just, my yeah. plug. My, mm-hmm. yeah. Roll on over. <laughs> Hippity hop on over to the website. I was like, what are they doing, man? Smoke weed every day. So it's uh, the, the scam calls to um, 
It's a what? Pandemic assistance relief fund, yeah, allegedly? Some, yeah, exactly. Jeez. Yep. Yeah, come on. Get you to fill out your application, man. You I could w- be eligible. I wonder how much he made doing that ad. Yeah. Uh, this one was also on there. Hey, an anonymous producer just had a great idea of, uh, and this is kind of a weird but quick favor to ask and kind of on a standby if needed sort of uh, basis. But I was wondering how you would feel if I used your helicopter dick as a email signature for work. Uh, so just let me know. I'll uh, thanks. Bye. <laughs> nice. A uh, helicopter dick for a work email signature. So um, the dingle swingle. I suppose if you have any idea what that even means. And have access to a helicopter dick that, um, yeah, that's provided value for value. So, you know, use accordingly. The value is yours. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And yeah, Jackbox games. That's a fun time with fun friends. What can I say? What can I say? I can say thank you, everybody, for sending in your value in various ways. And we usually wrap the segment up. All cleanly after pushing that value for value so hard. The bowl after bowl guys are pushing the value for value so hard. So hard. And we like to end the value segment and start a new one we like to call. Oh, yeah. I want to build a node, baby. I want to build a node. And then another node. And then another node. Node uh, after node. Speaking of nodes, the I finally bit and decided and dug in on what I want to do for this mystery third node I've been teasing for fucking ever, ever since I bought that uh, Think Center. Yes. And I wanted you a start nine because it's the one I haven't played with yet out of like the main three I think people use for podcast boost stuff. Hmm. Um, start nine has its own kind of bubble of popularity and i think that's uh, my sense is that it's led by um the survival podcast and so that's the one that's always plugged over there uh, with jack spearco he's always talking about start nine embassy and it's expensive if you buy their computer it's like a little extra investment and you can get a pre-build of their of their stuff which has a raspy uh raspberry pi inside of it right mm-hmm. or They've got bare metal, too, and they've got DIY guides to, to DIY it on just any kind of uh, Linux machine. Nice. So that's what I'm going to follow. And hopefully we can get a node up that's uh, a little more robust, let's say. A little more uh, well-suited for routing payments and, you know, staying online and running boost spots and doing all it has to do. It's a Thick. Lot of, a lot of thinking going on all the time, you know? Definitely. So I want to make sure that it has the resources to be able to do that not really an incredible huge leap but uh pretty big from up up from a pie a pie is just like bare bones computer you know yeah a little single board man just need some more ram that's all eight gigabytes is kind of like your low end these days i feel so bad for anybody still running the four gig raspberry pi i think that would be an awful experience Mm. Because I think the main problem is when things bog down, a lot of times you just got to wait and it'll sort itself out. The less RAM you have, the longer you have to wait. And it's just really hard when your node is like 
appearing offline and stuff is hanging up and commands aren't working, the tendency is to want to spam more commands and give it more work to do and thus back your traffic up even more. You know, the the counterintuitive thing is just to like step away and go to bed and check it in the morning, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, just step away for a few hours, let it do its thing and see if you can come back and see what happens then. That's very hard to do mm-hmm. <laughs> with uh, with a node, but it's something that you learn over time. That is, it's always good. The best thing to always try first after doing any kind of problem solve with a node, including rebooting or whatever, it's like, just wait, just wait. I waited, yeah, but more. <laughs> okay, now try something else. Sleep on it. Uh, beers with Bitcoiners. The KC Bitcoiners are going to be meeting again tomorrow night, Wednesday. It'll be uh, September 6th on the calendar. Nice. That's a new weeknight. I feel yeah. like they're usually Tuesdays and Thursdays. They do Tuesdays. They've done a few Wednesdays before and then Thursdays. So I don't know. It kind of changes sometimes. I mm-hmm. like the Wednesday night time. Yes. You should come. We should I'm all available. Go. Let's all go. Okay. Uh, 6 p.m. That one's at the Chicken and Pickle in North KC, which I think is a fantastic joint. they got great food for reasonable prices. My hope is if we keep bringing our kids to the Bitcoin events, then other KC Bitcoiners will start bringing their kids, and soon we will have Bitcoin for kids. That's cool, yeah, because everybody's like, uh, oh, my mom can't use this shit, but I don't ever hear anybody be like, oh, yeah, get my kids into it, you know? Yes. Sometimes they're like, sometimes I'll hear people say, I've got a wallet set up for my kid that I'm adding to, Um, and ours are kind of not quite old enough to... be able to actually get in there and do it. But yeah, I want them to set it up themselves. Close, man. Get in there. And then that's where their any allowance <laughs> will go. That's right. Uh what else? Okay, so last night, actually over the weekend, it was on Sunday, I published uh my first version of the RSS template for music that I want to kind of put out there for people who want to publish their own music self-hosted and decentralized truly um i put out an rss feed on that dmu uh github nice so i'm gonna try and slowly crank that out to live and flesh that out um and the order of it might be weird but whatever i'm just i'm starting somewhere and working my way out i started with the rss feed so currently what i've got is a template rss that contains all the tag you all the tags you would need to release an album and then I also have another version that's with comments. It's called Feed with Comments. And through that one, I've just put a bunch of notes inside the code. So the comment syntax in XML and HML are the same. Basically, in the code, you can write comments that don't execute as part of the code, but they're just there to kind of further explain the tags in XML. And my hope with this, my aim, my goal with this is to teach people how to do it themselves, even if they don't have any coding experience. Like if you are without any sort of coding experience, or maybe you like know a little tiny bit of HTML that one time you looked at it, so you know how a tag works and it ends there. Uh, that's kind of my target audience, is people with no or very, very little coding experience. Uh, decentralized music publishing and podcast publishing and all the stuff that we're doing is a great entry point to actually learn some few uh, building block basics about code and about how the internet works and about how to host files, how to host your own shit. And that's what we want to get people into. Uh, Getting in the car and driving, running your own node, 
publishing your own music, publishing your own video and audio content, whatever it happens to be, uh, decentralizing from that. So you don't have to rely on a platform. You have to run the risk of, oh, this platform shut me down or demonetize me or, you know, whatever kind of uh, punishment they can dole out on their ass. Yeah. You can just be the captain of your own ship. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't have any experience. I've never seen any code. I don't know what it all is. Um, that's the target demo. That's the target audience. So I've got the two feeds published. And my next goal is to kind of go through and make instructional videos that people can just follow along step by step. And once I get them all out, it's going to be like a, like a whole series or a whole class that you could take value for value, self-paced on your own time. And it walks you through every part. What I want to do is kind of give a big picture video. That's going to be my first one. The big picture walkthrough that has all the things that you need and then the order to do them. So for me, I'm just thinking, you know, step one is going to be gather all your data and content together and consult all of the stakeholders, all of the people involved in your project, whether that's featured artists on tracks, whether that's members of your band, whether that's people who did artwork for you for an album art, everybody you're thinking about putting a person tag in your feed for, you probably should consult and see, you know, are they going to get a lightning wallet or some sort of a value, uh, destination set up and then what's going to be everybody's splits. Like you have to sit down with everybody involved and kind of get permissions and negotiations going on. You know, you need that consent and like everybody's got to be on the same page. You don't want to just go releasing old songs from your band and they don't know about it. And then you're like bringing in sats, you know, this might be like what Sir TJ talked about. It might be an opportunity to, you know, blow the dust off of a band you might have set up on the shelf for a while, saying, you know, eh, we're not on the touring circuit anymore. Uh, there's no label that's going to come and fuck with us and put a new release out. Maybe we're done. Well, there's a nice opportunity here where you could value for value, self-publish your own stuff, get the band back together digitally, and just see where it goes, see where the value comes in. Uh, come join in this fun little game. So that'll be the first thing, just kind of the big picture. Uh, and step one, gathering your data, consulting everybody involved. And then step two is building your feed. There's a lot of ways to do that, but I'm going to start with how I do it, which is directly in the code. Just get in there, type that RSS feed out, put your own stuff in that template, run with scissors, be a cowboy, uh, and just do it directly right in the code. The reason I like that for me is because it's more straightforward. So the more steps that I let other programs do for me, the more when things go wrong, it's harder for me to troubleshoot. It's like, all right, so I don't know what's coming out of the other end of this thing or why. If I can just type it directly myself, then I know what it all looks like. That makes sense. I can define my own RSS feed, customize it myself. So that's what the first lesson will be. But then I want to also make many videos and I'm hoping some other bowlers will help me out on this. Um, in terms of different ways to do it, things like uh, we've seen uh, Sovereign Feeds slash Music Side Project. That's another way to create a feed. We've seen Podcast Generator. That's another way to create a feed. Um, so rolling up into kind of building out the feed as the step two. The step three would be uploading the feed and files to your host. So I want to explain like how to find a web host. What's a proper web host if you're self-publishing? 
also want to put in there that you could use a podcast host, you know, and like kind of detail that out. Uh, there's also some self self hosting podcast solutions, including Castapod and including BTC Pay Server. Remember, we've talked about that in the past. That they have the uh, a BTC Pay Server has a plugin that can allow you to publish music or a podcast from your BTC Pay node. So you might be running that on a Lightning node, or you might be running it standalone as a as its own little BTC Pay server. Um, but you can do it through there as well. So eventually, I'd like to build all of these out. Uh, step four is going to be just adding your feed to the podcast index and also how to update that feed. Because a lot of people are going to be interested in, even if it's not adding new tracks to their album, maybe you release an album and it just stays the same. But what if you want to update a value split, right? Or what if what if one of your buddies wasn't in and then they see you getting boosted and they're like, all right, I'll make a wallet, I'm in. If you want to change the value split in the future, another use case might be you see a typo in the feed, you want to change it. So teaching people how to change and update their feeds and then send a pod ping to make sure that the index knows about your uh, update and all the apps know about your update. And that's pretty much it, really. Those are the four steps that you need. Four simple steps. Four simple steps. Get your people together and get your files and data. Then you build the feed. Then you upload the feed. And then you tell the index about the feed. That's it. That's all you got to do. And so the hope is to splinter these videos down into enough steps that, like, you could pick and choose which ones you're interested in, you know? Yeah. So if you don't really care about uh, hosting, you already got hosting figured out. You know how hosting works, and you've got a website. You just want to know how to build the RSS feed. Boom, you could just go just to that part. Yeah, skip what you don't need. Yeah, exactly. And my plan is to offer it all value for value. So, like, even in the... Uh, template right now the rss feed there's a value split tag into this to my node nice. and i just say in there you know like it's value for value so if you get value out of it leave the split in or you know increase it feel free to increase it but it's just in there as a one split like the smallest default and boom you can you can take back control or i think it's a two split just to have it even it was like two and 98 in mm. there now that i'm thinking about it uh, but at any rate you can get in there and you can customize totally your own value. And uh, that puts you in the negotiation chair again. You don't just want, you just have to take the numbers that somebody says the numbers are. You can hire additional people to come in on your project and say, what I'm offering you is an X split in the value split. You know, I think this is going to be uh, something that gets much more widely used because it kind of cuts down on, not only the people you have to trust, but the time you have to wait to get all these things set up. Like you could do all of this in a night mm-hmm. if you had all of your album and music ready to go and you just uh, get all your people a wallet and everybody's already walleted up. You could do it and just throw it online and then it's there forever. Yeah, it's revolutionary. So I'm really excited to kind of dig in and make that more accessible for people who might not have any background in that sort of thing. I want to make sure that this is like not intimidating because it really isn't, but you'd, you'll never know that before you try it. Before you try it, it will always look overwhelmingly like too much. Well, that's a lot of things in life. Yeah, absolutely. You are a great teacher, though. 
Well, I do what I can. So I, suppose. I look forward to watching it myself. I, uh, I'm, I'm doing my best. Uh, you are also working on an RSS feed of your own. I'm working on it. Yeah. And by that, I just mean like I've copied to someone else's. How much do you I want to say to about it? Plug about things into it. Maybe what's coming. Do you want to be a tease? You want to tease anything? Something is coming. Something is coming. You are working on an RSS, uh, an RSS template. Cause I want to have several templates in this, um, repo eventually. Right now I'm just working on the one to publish an album, but I guess at least I could say you're working on a version to make a music show. Yes. I would like to do a music podcast where I get to play m- my latest discoveries of self-hosted musicians. So, uh, in order gems. to, in order to facilitate that, we've got to learn how, a how a podcast feed for a music podcast should work. And that's another thing about the medium tag, right? Medium of music implies that you're publishing music directly. You're publishing a single or an album, something that is just music, something that isn't a show about music or a show that plays music or something that has music as part of it. The, the medium tag for music means music in its entirety. Something that I would expect, like, to buy a CD at a music store in here or something like that. Something that's on a vinyl record of music. Um, if it's a show like Boostergram Ball, for instance, that Adam Curry started up, and his show plays music, that's all boostable music using the uh, time value split, that's still a podcast, technically, in, yes. the, in the medium tag. And so we want to build out a podcast medium tag for shows that want to play music and have that offered up, too. And then... Maybe there's a further video series to come out of that. Perhaps. Yeah, I've just been sitting around thinking, well, I've never done an RSS feed before. I kind of need to do one. There you go. And I've been having fun listening to different stuff on Ellen Beats. And I thought, why not? The time is right. Yes. The time is right. Uh, I did get a note from Seroma. Saroma. Uh, basically going over his process of getting his sats back. So you may have heard, we talked about a couple different uh, cocaine shit stains on how Blue Wallet kind of shut down their lightning node. Yes. And then everybody who had lightning sats associated with a, with a Blue Wallet, everyone who had off-chain sats, they just kind of went away or disappeared. Mm-hmm if they didn't withdraw them in enough time and they sent out notices maybe like a month before they pulled the plug, we did a story about it, but you're never going to let everybody know in a month's time, you know? And so a lot of people just lost their sats. Well, uh, Saroma tells me that there is a recover process and he finally did end up getting his sats from blue wallet. He said they had a process to move the sats in your dead wallet over to a Bitcoin wallet. It just takes a while. And then he's got a link to bluewallet.io, the docs here. And there's a, a section of the docs that uh, is called Recover LND Hub Account. With the sunset of lndhub.io, it is not possible to use the service anymore. However, you can request to recover your balance. The two things you need are your account information and a Bitcoin on chain address, basically, a destination for those funds to land on chain once you uh, request them. So I'll include a link in the chat for that. He said it took forever. Uh, He did it four or five times just to keep pushing it, just to keep on uh, jumping in there and reminding them, I guess, that he was there. Uh, He says that 
when you do it, it tells you it's processed every few days, but in his experience, it's more like every few weeks, maybe. Hmm. So he, he went in there several times, uh, but he got his funds back. That's the important part. So if you were using blue wallet as a lightning wallet and you had on chain sats in there that you, uh, or excuse me, you had off chain lightning sats in there that you lost access to, uh, there is a way to recover those lost sats. And That's we'll, awesome. We'll have a link in the show notes about that. Yeah, I was pleased. I was pleased with that news. Uh, the latest fountain update is now officially pushed to all of the stores. All the stores that deal in apps. Either on Apple or Android. So, talking fountain 0.8 is the latest version. And uh, this is an exciting one because they are rolling out music officially. Nice. Supporting that. It is in beta, but now if you hit this search feature and search any kind of music, like the Dorfuls, or like Everything is Lit, or like Stay a While, or Abel and the Wolf, uh, you will have to scroll to the right in the little filters, and you will have to hit music, which has a beta in parentheses by it. You got to filter by music to get the music results, but I will say that the music experience seems to be really dialed in, where... Everything happens like you'd expect. If you start an album and you play the first song in that album, it rolls right into the second song in that album and the single artwork changes and all the things that you would kind of expect out of a music forward experience, which jives me up because we've been talking about it for so long. And now to see uh, apps like Ellen Beats and now uh, Fountain kind of taking that that uh, that experience and, and releasing it out in their main version... Uh, it's cool to see, because now that's just going to translate into more energy. People are going to see other music in Fountain and say, hey, why isn't my music in Fountain? How do I get my music in Fountain? And so my hope is that a lot of those people discover that you can get your music into Fountain and totally self-host it and have complete control over uh, your files and your RSS feed, which gives you control over everything. Total sovereignty. So it's it's an exciting time for music and podcasting and for decentralized music overall. Definitely. I saw the podcast index top 100 also. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's an interesting little chart. They're kind of uh, putting together what what might be. And I know they're working out some kinks. They're trying to figure out how to how to do a top 100 chart for music. Yeah. Via the index and what the index can see. So that's cool. It's really cool. All kinds of exciting stuff popping off in that uh, decentralized music world right now. Uh, let me see. I had some other headlines. I saw this tweet earlier of uh, the holder's cheat sheet, the hodler's cheat sheet, however you want to say it. <clears throat> and it maps out the price points plus the four-year cycles and it kind of highlights that we are in what's referred to on this chart as the stagnation cycle, which comes after enduring and before disbelief. <laughs> and uh, it's kind of on the bull side of things, just in how the uh, happening four years, <clears throat> the half, the having or happening or happening or whatever you want to call it, where the Bitcoin reward gets chopped in half every four years for solving a block. So that happening is coming up soon, and it's kind of funny to to look at. I'll 
include an image here in the show notes. But yeah, we are in the stagnation period and getting some discounts because of it. That's what I like. The discussion today in the Casey Bitcoiners chat kind of talked about, uh, it opened up with saying like, even though Warren Buffett has come out against Bitcoin and doesn't really have uh, anything positive to say about Bitcoin, um, what he had to say about markets in general applies to Bitcoin. And that is uh, that most people want a stock market that's up even though they're, you know, saving and doing kind of a long-term stock buy. And he said it's kind of counterintuitive. Like, if you were planning on saving in stocks for five years, you want that number to go down so that you can acquire more stock over that time because you're buying the asset. Like, the only time you'd want the price to jump up is if you're, like, planning to sell in the short term this asset. And it was funny because I, I was like, yeah, I've... That's how I've been every time. It's like when the price goes down, I get happy. The same reason when the price of gas goes down, I get happier. When the price of milk goes down, I get happy because I'm a, I'm buying all that shit. Yep. So it's easier to buy at a lower price. Simple as. It's just economics. Yeah, it's kind of weird how people like act with stocks, you know? Definitely. They want to see number go up, and I'm like, well, but how are you going to get more easier? Isn't that isn't that kind of a bummer that it's more expensive right now? I think so. Uh, I saw this interesting, you know that I'm a, a graphs guy, big time graphics guy, and I love uh, graphics and maps, and this is both a graphic and a map. Household electricity costs to mine one Bitcoin at home for solo miners all around the world. This was put together by CoinGecko, and I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, they did this study and uh, analyzed electricity costs and mapped out different places where uh you know they just do the average of about how much electricity is uh, priced in to mine a whole bitcoin so like in the united states of america for instance it's on average $46,280 electricity cost to mine a bitcoin so you're mining at a loss on average in the us mm. for a solo miner just plugging it in the wall if you take into account that it costs 46k to mine a bitcoin and the price point is like 25k or something like that right now um it's kind of fun to kind of look around at that stuff it also makes me wonder if the price is artificially low for whatever reason australia was uh insane it's like 184,350 jeez to mine a single Bitcoin. It was like one of the most expensive places. Well, Italy. In the world. 208000 Yeah, Italy is the worst out of everything. Cost $208,000 in US dollars to mine one Bitcoin. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just interesting because it combines a lot of ideas. Not only the Bitcoin price and the pr uh, price of mining, but also things like electricity costs across the country. All these different factors that go into it. Energy costs being one of them. They also had a cool chart showing you how uh, how much electricity is consumed with one hour of a miner running. And it's kind of funny because they put 4.6 kilowatt hours on this Bitcoin mining, but really that's so customizable. Like it totally depends upon your setup. How many, um, how many miners you have plugged in? What kind of miners are they? You know? Yeah. Um, 
how you're clocking them. There's so many different factors that it's kind of hard to really just put a blanket number on. Oh yeah, if you if you're Bitcoin mining for one hour, that's four point six kilowatt hours. Like, well, maybe on average, but what is an average thing? What does average mean? I don't know. It was just interesting though, and I love the I love how they visualized everything. I'm a big sucker for uh, charts and graphs. You know that. I do know that. Hey, less kilowatt hours than a clothes dryer. Yes, that's right. Uh, Grayscale won their appeal. I've got a story here from CNBC. Actually, I have the archive version for your ad-stripping pleasure. And the first Bitcoin ETF could be coming soon as the court rules in favor of Grayscale over the SEC. Hmm. U.S. Court of Appeals for the D.C. Circuit has paved the way for Bitcoin exchange-traded funds. Now we can finally have fiat Bitcoin. Neat. Paper Bitcoin. Let's go. I don't know. This is kind of dumb because, like, the SEC, it's good that they lost for freedom, but uh doesn't mean you should run out and join some spot ETF for Bitcoin when you could just buy Bitcoin. Yeah, like, I don't be, understand. It'd be very silly to hold this ETF. I don't, I don't understand it. I mean, I do, if you're a big financial tech bro or like a financial world bro, then you probably already have a lot of vehicles to buy ETFs that you couldn't use to buy Bitcoin. So there's tax implications and loopholes and bullshit that I frankly don't have the time for, uh, or, or the money to be able to, you know, be relevant for that to be relevant to me, you know? Uh, but if you have a bunch of hedge funds to be managed and, you know, 401k type shit that you want to move around, there's limits on what you can buy and sell and move that money into. And an ETF might be one of those uh, things that you might be easier, might be easier accessible to you than, let's say, just buying Bitcoin directly. Mm. But it's not the real deal. You know, you're holding a piece of paper that says, okay, we're... Something that represents Bitcoin. You have a, without... share, you have a share of this fund that holds Bitcoin <sighs> on your behalf. You know, it's like separated two or three times from you actually holding the Bitcoin. So, fuck all that. You know, if you, if you want to do an ETF, do it on something else. If you're going to grab Bitcoin, you might as well grab the actual Bitcoin. That's all. Simple as. Simple indeed. Um, So simple that that is the end of the... The shit stain, my friend. All right. Roll into another segment that we like to call Top 333. All right. I saw the magic number pop up on a CNN story this week, not in the headline, but in the greater context, within the meat and potatoes of the article. The headline read, Germany charges 98-year-old former Nazi camp guard with being accessory to murder. And then under that little subtext, it said uh, he was indicted on charges of aiding and abetting the murder of more than 3,300 people during the Holocaust. Well, that's a lot. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> that's a big number. It's also been a long time. Been a long time since uh, rock and roll. Yeah, yep, and of course his name has not been made public by prosecutors in accordance with German privacy laws, so this could all be entirely made up, or not, it could be very real. 
Um, because there was a story I saw from last year where a 101-year-old man was sentenced to five years in prison for aiding and abetting the murder of a little over 3,500 people during the Holocaust. Mm. But what really tickled me in this story is that because he was a miner at the time of his crimes, uh, not a Bitcoin miner, but someone under the age of 18, of course, <laughs> he is going to be in juvenile court. <laughs> oh, geez. So, what the heck? Pretty weird, but yeah. Ding, ding on the magic number with the 3,300 people uh, that he aided and abetted the murder of during the Holocaust, allegedly. Mm. Uh, people ran a story, People Magazine, about a fitness influencer who died of double cardiac arrest at the age of 33. And now, last bowl, we were glooming and dooming a bit about um, the coof coming back around. <laughs> yeah. So immediately, that's where my brain went. And then I dug into the article a little bit. And uh, it appears that drugs and alcohol may have been a factor to her death. This woman uh, was in Brazil. She went into cardiac arrest, then was in a coma for a week and had her second heart event and died following that one. There's no autopsy yet, though. So they still have time to uh, ride the narrative and cause international fear and scaremongering. But I was thinking about the drugs and alcohol, and well, it is very easy to, you know, uh, overdose when you combine the two. No doubt. Yeah, the more things that you add into the mix, the da more dangerous it gets. As things uh, interact with one another and negatively. Two of the most dangerous things to have in the mix are alcohol and allergy pills. Yeah. Those always seem to be on the autopsy list. And it's some. it seems benign, you know, you took an allergy pill and you're going partying. But yeah, just over-the-counter stuff. You, you know? have to think about it. That's something you consumed. It's a drug. So mm -hmm. how do they mix? Maybe not well. A Russia moon probe crash likely left a 33-foot-wide crater on the lunar surface, according to some NASA images that were shown. This was the Luna 25. And I guess a thruster firing went awry, so it crashed into the moon, cutting off communications and putting the spacecraft on the wrong orbital path. Everyone is hot and bothered about the moon right now because... They think there might be some possible ice deposits in the southern polar region mm. in some shadowed craters. They really want that ice on the moon. <laughs> yes. They've just totally given up on cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 33 attorneys general have told the FDA to ban flavored vapes, which I thought already happened. Right. But you know why they want to do it. Why is that? Because you must protect the children. Oh, yeah, of course. Makes nothing but sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't have nice things because of the children, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I think back to the days of flavored cigarettes. I wasn't around, but I can imagine. Mm. Sounds fun. Sounds like a good time. It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, I just crave a bubblegum cigarette tonight. I don't know why. 
<laughs> Lemon. Lemon's appealing. Yeah. There you go. Now we just got good old menthol. For now. Yeah, till they take that away from us, too. Horrible. Prohibitionists. And my final story for the top 333 tonight is from Georgia, where some soldiers were arrested for possessing 33 explosive devices along with guns and steroids. Right, bro. Crazy combination, kids. Yeah. Yeah, they were active duty staff sergeants, and uh, along with the 33 explosive devices, they had 20 rifles, 7 handguns, a mortar shell, and $3,100 worth of steroids. Oddly specific. No doubt. And not in, uh, you know, pill number or weight. I thought that was interesting. It is interesting. Like, is that a lot of steroids? I don't know. I don't know, because I don't know the value of them. <laughs> I know. I've never bought steroids in my life, man. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I do know. <laughs> As you can tell. <laughs> <laughs> from, whamp, my, whamp. from my doughy, slender appearance. Yeah. All I know is that I'm ready to be behind the curtain. Oh, we could do that. It's right over here. Everyone is talking about weed this week. Wow, really? (laughs) Yes, really. We teed it up perfectly when I brought that clip last week of uh, Harold Sklamberg, Mm -hmm. the ex-FDA, who said, well, I think the suggestion for rescheduling weed will be schedule three. Yeah, I remember that. That day, a letter was penned from the Department of Health and Human Services and sent to the Drug Enforcement Agency recommending that weed be rescheduled to schedule three. Whoa. And we found out the next day from Bloomberg, Mm. who allegedly saw this letter but did not share it with the public. It was just... A letter dated was seen by Bloomberg. So, um. <laughs> For Bloomberg's eyes only, huh? <laughs> yes. A DEA spokesperson confirmed that the department received the letter. They went unnamed, but several publications seems to, seem to have reached out and verified that with unnamed spokespeople. And so now it's the DEA's turn to initiate its review. Should we be Schedule 3? Well, it's still federally prohibited, so I think it's probably good for them. Yeah. Oh, oh, HHS, is this good for you? It's good for us. We can still arrest people and still make money off of the crime of weed. Right. A plant. Ugh. You know what they're calling this, of course. What are they calling it? It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> it's a step in the right direction, after all. After all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction, after all. So close. <laughs> I just don't see it that way. For me, it's still in the Controlled Substances Act. It's still a lot of power where it doesn't belong. It's still prohibition. Nothing changes. Correct. The only thing it says is, Oh, there could be some medical value to this plant. You think? But now, I guess it gives some tax opportunities for industry players that they don't currently have. Um, I think it could also have a negative impact on state markets because the FDA is going to take a more hands-on role with weed. 
which I don't like, you know, just hands off my pot. Yeah. Don't touch the grass. <laughs> it should just be like tomatoes, you know, it's a plant. Yeah. I mean, I say this, I feel that way with all plants. Sure. God's creation. Mm-hmm. What do laws have to do with that? I want to grow poppies. I should be able to grow poppies of all kinds. I want to grow weed. I should be able to grow the weed. Yeah. But here we are. What's the deal? Here we are. So, you know, um, there, of course, are still White House press briefings going on, even though I haven't been bringing Corinne Jean-Pierre into the bowl because she never has anything to say. Yeah. Her her comment is always no comment, basically. And she's... You get the runaround, like some switchboard operator. Yeah, like she's got the big book in front of her with all the answers, and she can't even read them straight. It's not fun to listen to. No. So once the Schedule 3 suggestion was made, journalists asked her about that, and she said, well, you know, it's not in our court. It's up to the DEA, and we will refuse comment and let them go on with it in their assessment. And then it came up a couple days later. And um, I'll play for you what she had to say. I'll bring her back to the bowl tonight. Decriminalizing marijuana. Even if the DEA request goes through, marijuana would still be illegal at the federal level. Could you provide some more information on exactly what impact this would have on Americans? So just, I don't want to get ahead of the process. I was asked this question before, so just so that everybody's clear, the president asked uh, uh, Secretary of HHS and also the Attorney General to initiate uh, the administrative process to review how marijuana is scheduled, as you just kind of laid out. The administration process is an independent process. want to be very clear on that. That is led by HHS and DOJ. It is going to be very much guided by evidence, and it, so I'm not going to comment on that. want to be also clear on, on that piece. So I would refer uh, you all to HHS as it... As it um, as we speak to legalization and the legal piece of it, as you're asking me in your in, in part of your question, so look, the president has always supported the legalization of marijuana for medical purposes. He's oh, been I didn't know clear that about that. Mm. Where appropriate, consistent uh, with medical and scientific evidence, uh, that is why it is important for this review, this independent review, that is going to be again uh, guided by evidence to go to go through, and so I'm just not going to get ahead of what HHS uh-huh. is going to, uh, the decision that they've made, or get ahead of uh, eventually what the DOJ is going to uh, move forward with. Just, I don't think she could get ahead of it if she wanted to. No. <laughs> no, like, if I ever have trouble sleeping, which I usually don't, but if I do, I could just pull up uh, Kareem. Oh, yeah, definitely. John, Jean-Claude Pierre. <sighs> Drive my car. Total snooze Put fest. Her on, man. Yeah, mm. it was a long way of saying no comment, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but I very. loved. I loved that she said the dusty man in the White House, Biden, is a supporter of medical weed. I didn't know that about him. I know that's news to me as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any clips of him talking about the medical benefits of weed or no. legalized medical weed or whatever. Um, I know he's against recreational weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does like that word expunged. It's a fun word to say, but he did not expunge anything. Other than that, I don't think he really gives a shit. Yeah, he gave a pardon for people with possession charges that were in federal prison. That was not many. 1,300. Yes. With a presidential pardon, but not an expungement. Still on the record. Just got a little blanket over it that says 
the president said, forgive me. All is forgiven. <laughs> Not. Yeah. Well, you remember last week we were talking about the International Overdose Awareness Day and the Dusty Man proclaimed that it was overdose week. So on the day of overdose awareness last Thursday, the White House came out with an announcement that $450 million have been allocated in funding to, and I quote, strengthen prevention, harm reduction, treatment, and recovery support services, and crack down on illicit drug trafficking. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of Biden's alleged unity agenda. Right. <laughs> to beat the overdose epidemic and save lives. I liked that wording. Well, if you beat overdoses, you are saving lives. Yeah. Um, yes, so. But man, I took n copious notes on where all the money is going. <laughs> These things called drug-free communities, mm -hmm. uh, which, how's that ever going to happen? It, really, there should be a lot of muckrakers and watchdogs digging into this. <laughs> Who's behind all these... Um, alphabet soups <laughs> that are out there. And the money, getting black this money. holes, yeah. Yeah, because it says like, okay, drug-free community, or DFCs, support program, uh, there were 587 previously awarded, and 164 just went out, receiving $20 million uh, for a total of 751 DFCs out there. That's $93 million, my friends. Whoa. Rounding down. Then, of course... A million dollars is going into the Office of National Drug Control Policy's Real Deal on Fentanyl campaign with the Ad Council, which I'm sure everyone is hearing. Yep, plenty of places um, getting funding in the millions of dollars to have naloxone on hand or Narcan and put out ads about it. You know, hey... This is how it works. You should get some and reverse overdoses. Um, and at the very, very bottom was $18.9 million for the High Intensity Drug Trafficking Areas Program, which, of course, has 33 regional locations along with their National Assistance Center. Um, and almost $7 million of that is going into the creation and then expansion of a crime gun intelligence center in 27 of those regional high-intensity drug trafficking areas, which partners with the ATF, obviously, now that the guns come into it. Jeez. How does that, what does that have to do with overdoses? Nothing. But here's where the money's going. And the money is flowing in flowing the millions. Flowing and flowing. Yeah, flowing straight to the sewers. Oh, yeah, it's all these... Um, there was this term that I hadn't heard before being used when Biden was talking about this. Um, well, the, of course, substance use disorders in replacing addiction. So SUD. Yeah. Or COD, C-O-D, co-occurring substance use and mental disorders. You can shorten that to COD. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 
If you're batshit nuts and on drugs, you suffer from a cod. Wow. Yeah. That's suffrage right there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the money I mentioned going to, you know, pushing the Narcan naloxone now that it's OTC. Um, but also there was one here, uh, 1.7 million going to the comprehensive opioid recovery centers program, which provides all three FDA approved MOUDs. That's medications for opioid use disorder. We've got three FDA approved modes. Mm-hmm. And weed's not one of them, obviously. No, of course not. It'd be like uh, it's not FDA approved. Oh, what do they call them with the clinics? It's not naloxone. It's uh, so uh, there's ah, suboxone, man. and there's a bunch. Yeah, but yeah, you want me to look up the three? Nah, it's all right. It's up. Yeah, replace your drug with our drug. Exactly. That's what they're doing in all cases. It just makes me mad. <laughs> methadone, that's what I was methadone. trying to think of. Yep. The methadone clinics. Yes. Well, now the methadone clinics have two other drugs in case, you know, you, the methadone wasn't good enough for you. Yeah. You want to switch or you need to add another layer to your healing. Yeah, man. <laughs> yes. Such an eye roller. And it's uh, just so much money going to the same old places. All cash, baby. And yet... I have yet to see changes on the streets. Yeah, if anything, it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. It is. Kansas City, City, though, I will say, is still doing a very good job. We have plenty of shelters that uh, go out and they do the work. Mm-hmm. And they really seem to rehabilitate people. Because they run thrift stores and stuff, so they can immediately give them a job and community. That's That's nice. I like charity organizations like that. I support that. Yeah. Oh, in Arizona, there's a lawsuit claiming that the Department of Health Services illegally reassigned a weed license, unlawfully, without notice or due process. So this was a social equity license given to a woman by the name of Annabelle Vasquez, and she had a company, but she cut ties with her business partner and formed a new company. So she applied for the license to be transferred with her. And the transfer was approved by the Department of Health Services last November. Then, this past July, uh, DHS reversed course, and it reverted the license back to the first company with which she no longer co-manages or has anything to do with. Um, And they did this because of some unconfirmed arbitration award between that first company and Velasquez with an outside attorney for the Department of Health Services. Within 24 hours, that license was out of her hands and back to her co-manager, her previous business associate. (laughs) So um, an email from the Department of Health Services compliance officer to an attorney for that first business said that, she will be shown as the transferee with no rights to do anything following the transfer. So she's suing him. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. That's what you would do. If the license was awarded to her, how can they take it out of her hands and give it to a previous business associate? It's a little weird. Yeah. 
And just suddenly, like I said, her transfer all went down last November. And then within 24 hours of some notice coming in, bam, license gone. It's so messy. And of course, we've heard lots of stories of the big fish coming in and gobbling up the social equity licenses. You can own a weed business and we will fund it. Like, we'll build the business and everything. All you have to do is put your name in the hat and get that license. Yeah, just be our straw licensee. Yep. And then it's really our license. But hey, you got your name on it. Yeah, comrade. (laughs) For the good of your uh, license company. Wee! Legalization. The real state of it. Just a mess everywhere. And each state, of course, has its different issues. But uh, licensing caps, I will never understand. It's just unnecessary, but they got to do it. Yeah. Because uh, only certain people can play. Uh, can play. Well, they want, yeah, exactly. They want total control. They want to pick winners and losers, all of that. And yet, it seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot by not accepting more annual licensing fees. Right. You well, know? the... <laughs> They're they're capping their income, but they're also setting themselves up for lawsuits because the people they tell no, it's got to be fair, you know? Mm-hmm. There's no way to make that fair. No. Yeah, not worth it. Keeping it a, an elite little club. Yeah. It's going to get them eventually. Many such cases. Yeah. In Illinois, something weird happened this week. Um, the state's attorney is threatening to sue dispensaries that don't prominently display mental health warnings. And this went down in McHenry County specifically, uh, where dispensaries got letters saying that because of a settlement that occurred, they need to warn customers of the mental health dangers associated with using pot, (laughs) like psychosis, depression, and suicidal ideation. Okay. So you have to display that prominently. And if you don't, uh, they're going to come in and, you know, probably take your license away <laughs> eventually is the goal. God You'll be sued it. before that. See you in court. Ugh. Yeah. So they're also telling dispensary owners that they need to scrub their websites in all of their marketing and make sure there's not a single suggestion that their weed products have medical benefits. Um, these are <laughs> you cannot you can't suggest that medical weed might have medical benefits. Isn't it crazy? It's so silly. The actual state of things right now. Yeah, it's all over the place. <sighs> yeah, uh, it says they agreed to these consumer protections as part of a settlement with the McHenry County State's Attorney. So. He's just doing his job, man. Right. But goofity. (laughs) It's like, because you see, oh, it might cause depression or suicidal ideation, but so many people use it to reverse those things, to get rid of those things. Yeah. (laughs) And it's proven effective for a lot of people as medicine. But, you know, whatever. Whatever. In Indiana, the attorney general and police Police agencies are being sued over some enforcement actions they took against a Delta 8 retailer. Back in January, the Attorney General issued an opinion which declared hemp-derived THC products illegal because THC is Schedule 1. 
federally illegal. So uh, even though the 2018 Farm Bill said products with 0.3% THC or less are federally legal, this attorney general decided, no, it's THC, totally illegal. And on August 4th, a cop entered one of these stores selling hemp products and told the owner that he had 10 days to get any Delta 8 products, any products that have THC in them off the shelves, or he would be arrested for selling marijuana. Oh, boy. And this guy says, you know, hemp products are 90% of his sales. Right. So he only has a month left of being in business after removing these products. So it seems like he's thinking about just hopping the border into Kentucky and opening a business there and just bringing his staff with him and then closing that business in Mm. Indiana to keep going. Yeah. Instead of fighting that fight. Got to figure something out, I suppose. Yeah. Definitely. Limited options. (laughs) It's just weird. Like paint your ass into a corner like that. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like the products are making people sick or causing issues in the community. It's just bringing in revenue, but... Yeah, they want to wag dick. THC is bad, okay? Because I said so. Yeah. Weird. And again, state by state. The loophole getting shut down in some places and embraced in others. Uh, Here in the Show Me State, Missouri announced the micro-business winners. 1,600 people applied, and um, six were awarded for each of the state's eight districts, so a total of 48 licenses. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big competition there. Uh, but now there's a review period for the winners, and I don't know what that's all about, but they the state says they'll get their licenses no later than October 4th. You would think they would have been reviewed during the application process. Yeah, if they picked the winners, didn't they had to have to review it then <laughs> to pick the winners? Government is so fucking retarded. Yes. Yes, truly retarded. And then harking back to a story I brought um, two bowls ago, or two Tuesdays ago, three Tuesdays ago, Mm. when we were in Massachusetts, um, here in Missouri, there was a group, Delta Extraction, that was flagged in the metric track and trace system uh, for sourcing untested weed outside of the licensed... Missouri cultivation facilities, and within two weeks, they had a full recall of all 62,000 products. Well, they sued, you know, asking for a temporary restraining order. Sure. So they didn't lose their license. And on August 30th, the judge denied that motion, although there were no adverse reactions reported from their products. Uh, They make a THC distillate. And so now... um, Yeah. The judge has totally dismissed their lawsuit against the state, and so that recall is still in motion. They had two brands also, uh, besides going by the name of their company, Delta Extraction, Midwest Magic, and Conti. Huh. So, yeah, I guess I'm not exactly sure when they would have fallen out of the metric system 
But, you know, Metric just said, hey, we weren't able to trace where this actually came from. Yeah. And that's enough to get your license pulled. That's so stupid. Yeah. So it says uh, in their petition, they talk about how as part of their manufacturing process, they remove THCA from the flowers to use it in infused products. Okay. Like, you know, vapes and gummies and such. Mm -hmm. So they were also utilizing industrial hemp in the manufacturing of some of their products along with THCA oils. And THCA only becomes intoxicating when it's heated, and there's teeny tiny amounts in industrial hemp that one could attempt to extract. Uh, But more often, of course, people take the CBD out of the hemp flower and then chemically convert it to THCA, Uh, which, you know, industrial hemp, federally legal since 2018. But the regulators in this state are arguing um, that they don't allow the practice of combining hemp-derived and marijuana THC in the regulated market. It's such a... <laughs> Even though it's federally legal, It's just ant-fucking at that point. Isn't it? Yeah. I know. It's like... Like, it's all cannabis plants. Like <laughs> It just makes me wonder, like, the owner of the company... Whose wife did you fuck? I know. Or something, just, right? Like, this is personal. They're just trying to screw him any way they can. And then, on the most bullshit of technicalities, all, yeah, it's just so silly, the yeah. whole thing. Delta came back, too, and said, the state only specifically banned that practice when the new regulations went into effect July 30th. Remember the 127 pages I've talked about? Um, and that they stopped combining the hemp products with the weed products to get the THCA that they need. Oh, what a mess. Um, and they also said that those, the hemp derived oils were only added to the Conti products. So it's not like they had to recall everything except they did because they're going to pull their license. Wonderful. Yeah. One strike you're out. Uh, and on top of this, uh, I saw a story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that Delta Extraction is now getting sued by a company in Arkansas, which goes by the name Dark Horse Medicinals Missouri, LLC. Okay. Because, of course, someone from Arkansas has got a license up here to do work. Sounds right. And um, they are suing them because they say they knew- knowingly sold $325,000 worth of of THC concentrate that couldn't be sold or used in the Missouri regulated market. So just adding some salt to that wound and trying to, they're trying to get their money back for a product. I guess they're afraid they can't sell now, which they can't according to the regulators. Trust the regulators. What would we do without them? Got a mess. Conduct business without any kind of interference is what we would do. But Hey, no free market for you. Yeah. And speaking of authority characters creating a mess, the Montana governor, Greg Gianforte, and the secretary of state there, Christy Jacobson, are asking the judge to dismiss the challenge to their his veto, the governor's veto, of that pot revenue bill. Do you remember that story? Yeah. It was Senate Bill 442, uh, which would have allocated weed revenue to McCounty Roads mm-hmm. and conservation efforts. And, 
you know, Gianforte came in in the final hours of the legislative session and vetoed it. And the lawmakers were not made aware of the veto, so they didn't have time to override because then they dismissed. Yeah. You know, the secretary. Dirty tricks. Yeah, the secretary of state comes in and says, well, usually if something like that gets pulled, the secretary of state can send out a poll in the mail to lawmakers to overturn the veto. Um, but because they were in session when the veto went down, she claims that she cannot do that. And so three organizations got together and sued them because of this play, this playbook move. And, um, you know, they're just saying, Hey, uh, turn it down, dismiss this. It's BS. But it shouldn't be BS. Right. What they did was BS. Yeah, it's just little bullshit trickery. Yeah. It's <clears throat> crazy. They think they can get away with it. You know, they're claiming like, oh, that's just, po- it's all political, but it doesn't have any basis. Yes, it does. Rules is rules. <laughs> and I bet they have the two-thirds majority to override it, too. Yeah, I hope so. That's what they're so scared of. Oh, well. In Oregon... Legal psilocybin, their program, um, said it was going to pay its own way, but they didn't get enough money in from licensing fees. So now they are taking taxpayer funds to pay for the program. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess too few people were seeking licenses. Uh, they got a total of four manufacturers, two testing labs, and eight service centers with 88 approved facilitators, but they don't pay as much for their licenses. Gotcha. Um, for businesses, licensees pay a one-time $500 fee and then $10,000 a year to operate, while the facilitators pay $150 up front and $2,000 annually, bringing in a total of $342,000 raised when they needed $3.1 million to operate. <laughs> so they got about 10% of what they needed. So they have now appropriated funds from the uh, taxpayer-supported general fund. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Just going to grab some of that. Mm-hmm. After promising we wouldn't. Uh, value! Yeah, everything's a mess. Just, like, I know this is crazy, but people maybe could just do some free market business and the government could stay out of it. Maybe, you know? And if someone gets killed, then we can look into it. But yeah. cripes, what a nightmare. What a nightmare. Taxation is theft anyway. It's all gross. Yes. And there's plenty of people that don't want their tax money going to shrooms. Yeah, you know, I mean. It's like there's people that don't want their tax money going to abortion. There might not be that big of a market for it. You know? Turns out that mushrooms grow on cow shit. Mm-hmm. So like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You don't have to have a big, fancy, expensive facility and shit. I know. And it's like, wow, imagine someone doesn't want to pay $10,000 a year and have to do all the compliance BS to get a license. They just think, well, shrooms are decriminalized. I'm good. Yeah. And also, like, I've talked about this. uh, This whole facilitator and service center mentality. Right. It's like... Do you want to go into a hospital setting to take mushrooms? I don't. Sure shit don't. I'd rather take a walk in the woods. Yeah. So, ugh. Ugh, legalization. 
It's so <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, well. In South Dakota, uh, the Attorney General, Marty Jackley, has approved final summary language for the 2024 legalization ballot initiative. Initiative. And this comes from South Dakotans for Better Marijuana Laws, who, of course, should have gotten legalization greenlit in 2020, uh, but the Supreme Court invalidated their measure over the single subject concern. <laughs> so, um, that that's tricky an issue. old trick. The tricky old trick. <laughs> um, Judges love this one simple trick. Too many subjects in one uh, initiative petition, guys. Can't do it. Not going to work. Even though the voters overwhelmingly supported it, it's just, uh, can't do it. Because it said so. Yeah, so they've, they really carefully crafted this. And then, you know, the AG comes in and rewords the whole thing. Um, and... You know, a draft version was put up, and there was time for people to comment. But all of the comments, all the issues that advocates had were unresolved. Surprise, surprise. surprise. Yeah. So they made it a point to omit the word sell from the whole thing, uh, saying that adults 21 and older can distribute pot. Um, I mean... Uh-oh. The measure was intentionally drafted to exclude commercial sales in order to avoid the 2020 constitutional challenge. The problem they claimed there was, yeah. And so now, uh, yeah, you know, it's like, okay, the this guy put the word distribute in there, and there was no talk of that at all. It shouldn't have come up. He's doing this to sabotage it. Yeah, so there uh, will be two issues or whatever. Yes, the attorney general also added the word recreational to the title, um, which, you know, can have a negative connotation. Yeah. It's just a gross word. Just tweaking it. These advocates just want to legalize the weed, man. That's all. Just not go to jail for weed. <laughs> repeal prohibition? And then, yes, repeal prohibition. That's what we dream of. It's what we dream of. Legalization yeah. does not work. Don't care about a license. Don't care about any oh. other bullshit. I want to do away with it. Just it's, repeal prohibition. Just stop. Just stop prohibiting. That's all. Oh, but then the prison pipeline would be cut off. You yeah. Know, shut down. Then they can't throw you on the side of the road if they smell skunk. Here is the real problem, though. The attorney general added a line to the ballot initiative language, which says, judicial or legislative clarification of this measure may be necessary. What does that <laughs> imply? It implies that there's legal uncertainty here. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. And they're just calling for a repeat of 2020 at this point. Yeah. It's like you can't win. You can have all the voters in the world come out and vote for it, which after the defeat in 2020, who's even got the energy to care about voting? It's like, oh, my vote didn't matter because... 75%, a supermajority supported legalization, and the Supreme Court comes in and says, eh, no. Well, if the votes meant shit, then, you know, these people would also vote the AG out forever. Mm-hmm. Don't let this person get into any seat any longer. Yeah. But you'll never see that, probably. Of course not. Oh, and my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes in the form of a clip. I caught this today. 
and was alarmed and intrigued. 27-year-old Roosevelt Bennett says he struggled to get tasks accomplished after becoming dependent on marijuana. He says he used the drug since he was 17. I would smoke more often and also I wouldn't get as much things done. So when he smoke learned about a drug trial to treat the overuse of marijuana, he took a chance. The higher my tolerance got, the more I just continued to smoke. With the growing advent of legalization of marijuana, there is this thought that People can't be addicted to marijuana. Dr. Rishi Kakar is Kaka. chief scientific officer and medical director for Seagal Trials, which is conducting the study. It affects their function, it affects their work, it affects their learning, it affects their relationships. Estimates show about 60 million people had cannabis use disorder in 2021. <laughs> oh and the God. risk of developing dependence is higher for people who started using marijuana during adolescence. The CDC warns marijuana use could negatively impact the health of your brain, heart, and lungs. In the case of Bennett, who is a content creator, he says his productivity <laughs> suffered. Oh, no. But after participating in the study, for which he was paid $2,000, he says he saw a marked improvement. Bennett doesn't know if he actually received the drug or a placebo, but he thinks he did. I wasn't smoking as much. I noticed that I was getting more things accomplished. Um, especially like I finish my website and I create more. Bennett admits oh, no. he still occasionally smokes, but oh, not no. nearly as much as before, and hopes sharing his story can help others. Well, there isn't currently an approved pharmacological treatment for people who have cannabis use disorder. This drug would be the first. Man. Wasn't that targeted? No wonder. <laughs> no wonder I don't have a website. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Well, he got paid $2,000. I think that's a very important point you to know, know. And he still smokes weed, just not as much. Just because not as much. He's taking this simple drug from Big Pharma on top of the weed, so he doesn't need as much. It uh, reset his tolerance, perhaps. Maybe. Why take a tolerance break when you can just take this pill? That's what the website is doing. It's taking a tolerance break. Yeah, man. Man. It hurt me. It hurt me for you <laughs> when he said... They're after you, boy, so hard, bro. I got my website done. All I had to do was join this simple clinical study, <laughs> and I was able to get my website done. Please, I'll do anything. Uh, <laughs> Please! The way that journalist said, marijuana. Marijuana. <laughs> Every time, though. Yep, we're in the roaring 20s. The reefer madness. Holy crap, it's Marijuana. so true. So true. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well, That's... thank you for the riveting report behind that curtain. There. Of course. Thanks for hanging out with me back here. Doors. Uh, the next step, of course, is to take a little trip with Sir Reverend Cyber Trucker uh, to see what he's got cooked up this week for the metal moment. In the bowl and in the morning. This here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Grogu with this week's Metal Moment. I'm pretty sure that at least some of you would recognize the name Leo Marachioli, the prolific YouTuber from Norway. So it shouldn't be any surprise to find out that he has yet another cover on Metal Moment. And this time he takes on a Danny Elfman penned 
Oingo Boingo song. Written for the movie of the same name, Elfman wrote this entire song on a drive home to Los Angeles. Released in June 2023, this is Leo Maracchioli. Weird Science. Why don't people understand my intention? And pots and pans, bits and pieces, and the magic from the hand we're making with science. Things I've never seen before. Behind bolted doors, talent and imagination with science. Not what teachers said to do. Making things from blue, living tissue, warm flesh with science. Classic juice and pots and pans, bits and pieces, and bits and pieces, and my creation. Is it real? It's my creation. My creation. It's my creation. Technology, voodoo dolls of chance, electricity we're making with science. Fantasy and microchips shooting from the hip, something different we're making with science. Pictures from the magazine. Got scientific there for a moment. I appreciate you, Rev. Um, and yeah, you can follow along with those shenanigans. By going over to noagendasocial.com, looking up the Rev Cyber Trucker there. Rev Cyber Trucker at noagendasocial.com. Appreciate you, Rev, for your value. Uh, we also appreciate the bowlers who call in week after week, bowl after bowl, and play a little game with us. We like to call it... The first time I ever. First time I ever. And, of course, this week, talking about the first time you ever baked... And I left it pretty open into there. First time you ever baked. All you got to do to participate, pick up the phone, dial 816-607-3663, and uh, you can be just like this caller. Oh, man. First time I ever baked was when I, when I called into bowl after bowl. Oh, yeah? And, hey. uh, I just couldn't close my nose and mouth fast enough. And, man, I was <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, but, yeah, now, now I know what to do when I call in to uh, that show. And I call into that know other show. Do. Bowl of Buds. <laughs> but, uh, anyway. Uh, beyond that, probably, like, making a box, like a box cake or something like that with, with uh, my mom or dad or something like that growing up. Okay. Um, that you do, like, that was, like, homemade was box, boxed, uh, Sweet, if you will, um, which is kind of unfortunate because, like, my sister-in-law can – well, I actually have two sister-in-laws that can uh, – on both sides, and uh, they can they can bake really well. But uh, they prefer – my brother, for example, prefers still having box cake. Like my wife went to go make him something for his birthday, and that's what he preferred was box cake and not something homemade from, you know, actually from scratch kind of thing. So. Oh, Steak homemade, you know. I made it at home. Kind of like I want your baby cracker. Add an egg and water and oil or whatever, and I can do that. Yeah. 
Um, Insta cake. But it's homemade because you made it at home. So, yeah. Anywho. I like the uh, homemade. Yeah. Box cake. Or maybe some cookies or something like that. I guess my mom would make cookies from scratch. But I guess so. I don't know which came first. The cookie or the cake. <laughs> One of those big old dilemmas. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So, cookie, cake, one of those. But, uh, yeah, well, we'll leave it at that. Maybe okay. we'll figure out something later, but do we ever? All right. We, I love you guys. Love you. That dangerous. And, uh, you know, whether or not you're listening to TJ or you're uh, drilling some holes or you're just listening to this, go ahead and give a good old hearty from the guttural depths. Go. The federal depth, according to the transgression, uh, transcription, the transgression bot. <laughs> nice. Uh, Jesus. Always something. Yeah, cookies and cake, man. Staples of first baking. Gotta love those. I love those. You remember the first time you ever baked? The first time I ever remember baking. Yeah. I'm not sure if it was really my first time, but definitely a solid memory in the memory bank was making a scratch white cake with chocolate frosting, I believe, with my great-grandma, my nana. And I just remember being so into it. She was, it was going to be my birthday cake. Mm. And she was pulling out the, well, she was asking for my help pulling out pots and pans. And so then I was just like, can I help? She was like, yes. <laughs> and I remember wanting to crack the egg so bad. And she just put her hand over my little hand and we cracked the egg together very gently. Nice. <laughs> because, of course, little kid, I would have smashed it. Yeah, you want to go too aggressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No eggs lost in this process. Smooth. Yep. She had a lot of experience, I guess, baking with kids, so she knew just how to do it. And I felt pretty accomplished when that cake came out. And tasted I tasted real good. Yeah. Like, wow, I helped make that. That's pretty awesome. Feels good, man. Yeah. And she, of course, my Nana was a cake decorator for a significant portion of her life. Unfortunately, that artistic ability was not passed down to me. <laughs> I can bake a cake, and it'll taste good, but it was going to look goofy. Yeah. I haven't had a lot of luck either. <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth. Uh, this next caller, though, might be lucky. Good evening from the Bacon Hot, Port Arthur, Texas, in the bowl. Good evening. Oh, in the so the first of my bait, and I'm assuming you're talking about the sort that you use an oven for. Indeed. Um, was uh, my l- little girlfriend next door, I think I was like five or six years old, had an easy bake oven, and we baked easy bake cakes. And when we ran out of the little cake mix for the easy bake cakes, we baked Play-Doh, which didn't taste nearly as good. But <laughs> we did it anyway because we were dumb and we were kids. And so... Yeah. <laughs> I begged my mommy for an easy bake oven for Christmas or birthday, whatever the hell it was. And instead of getting me an easy bake oven, which she kind of rolled her eyes at, yeah, she got me a couple of cake pans and a cookie sheet and a cooling rack and um, oven mitts and an apron and some jiffy mixes. 
Oh, cool. Uh, the yeah. Jiffy Mix for cake and the Jiffy Mix for frosting. And um, we baked cake together, and I think I was six. And it turned into um, a lifelong thing. I mean, I'm, I'm still quite handy in the kitchen because she introduced me to it early. So there's my story. I'm sticking to it. In the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Cheers, Vox. Thank you for the call. Yeah, that's great. You got to get them early. Get them interested in working in the kitchen early. That's true. It's important. We all need to eat and spoil ourselves with baked goods. You got to. Uh, This next caller is definitely spoiled with baked goods. First time I ever baked anything. That caller is a baked good. I'm certainly not a baker. (laughs) uh, First time I ever baked anything. Back in college, made some Uh-oh. killer edibles. Let me tell you about that. Okay. First time I ever baked, I'd you know I'd seen people bake cookies. I never got involved unless you call whipping up eggs bacon. But I actually put my love into this thing, my buddy, and we made the strongest fucking wheat cookies you ever seen, bro. I mean, whoa, we <laughs> took. Blue Dream, Miss Universe, and a couple of other things. Made a shit ton of butter, made some cookies, and I had some cannabis oil that I infused into some icing. We made gingerbread men. We made Christmas trees. We made bells. We put the icing on it. If we were feeling real frosty, sometimes we'd put some chocolate uh, icing in between two cookies with psilocybin, peanuts, and mushrooms. Okay. That's another story. Yeah. We even one time made a giant dick and balls... <laughs> It was a big enough cookie to get like 30 people fucked up with just a little bit of frosting, the white icing on the, uh, on the tip, of course. But, oh, uh, that sounds incredible. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we were getting those cookies out. Yeah, people having green outs just passing out Spencer's gifts in the freaking mall. <laughs> we got accused of two. We got accused by two different college faculty members of putting LSD in there Uh-oh. because they were visually hallucinating. And these are people that were very experienced smokers. That's the first time I ever baked. We made a big old batch. The second time I ever baked, we made even more. <laughs> and I don't think I've baked since then. Too baked. I guess unless you count me baking right now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, what you got in the oven? Nice. Oh, thank you, caller. Caller was well baked. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Edibles will get on top of you. They will crawl up on top of you, yeah. It's a completely different thing going on than smoking. Pretty wild. Pretty wild, man. Yeah. You know, I was thinking back to the first time I baked anything. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me that the, actually the first time I baked anything, it was not food. Ew. The first time I baked anything, it was kind of the boy's version of Easy Bake Oven. We had creepy crawlers, dude. Oh. Creepy crawlers. They had one of the, like crazy uh 90s commercial type things for creepy crawlers but like the finger wag oven was the same right it was this plastic thing with a very hot light inside of it 
just like an easy bake oven was a plastic thing with a very hot light inside of it and you'd slide your shit in with a little weird scoop that came with it you know only creepy crawlers you're making these weird rubbery plastic bugs and things nice and so you'd pour like this weird goop into these um metal molds and then you'd stick them in the creepy crawler oven for the proper amount of time and when the timer went off you pull them out let them cool and get all kinds of weird little dragonflies and ants and bugs and spiders and stuff that uh, i made out of little rubber we'd play with them creepy crawlers man yeah, that's fun i think i've seen that still at your pop's house yeah the oven and the molds that's mm-hmm. fun yeah it was goofy as hell but you know I had a little storage container to put them all in and stuff. Creepy crawlers, man. That was the first thing I ever baked. Couldn't even eat them. How dumb is that? Yeah. That's unfortunate. I was trying to remember the first thing I baked in the oven, but I'd, I really, was... I'm really unsure. For me, it was like a frying pan was the thing I used the most. And then a microwave for everything else. Yeah. The oven, it must have been something like frozen on a tray. That I did very first, you know, whether it was a pizza or like uh, the pizza bagels or something like that. Yeah. Just throw a bunch of shit on a on a tray and wait. Yeah. Oven man. Look at the microwave. Who needs the oven? <laughs> <laughs> That's what this next caller might have been thinking. Hey, hey. Molder. Hey. Uh, great question. Uh, let's see. Thank you. First time I baked. Well, as a uh, young scout and very uh, fond of the the arts of uh, being a fucking pyro, <laughs> I got to build a fire, preheat the uh, big iron bowl, and dump coals on the dome. Yeah. And uh, definitely my first baking experience was in a uh, Dutch oven. Whoa. Yeah. Dutch oven, the, the whole crafts and arts. Kick ass. And uh, take your mom's recipe, and uh, you win a little prize among the uh, competing scouts. Oh, nice. There you <laughs> go. little pro tip there. I don't know. I was much of a pro, though. Anyway, uh, now let's see. The first time I got baked, well, that's another story. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, there's a fine line between... Uh, when you baked and when you got baked. And uh, we celebrate that line. Imagine if the first time you ever baked was getting baked, though. That you baked per- baked goods and it was the first time you ever touched an oven. Uh, I think that was our caller, uh, Sir Seat said earlier. Ah. I think that's his situation. We don't have to imagine it, man. It's like happening in real life right here in the pool, man. Crazy. I didn't imagine I heard. Crazy, man. It's all coming together. Oh, man. What if there was an F-tie for, like, next week, man? They'd be crazy. There is a list. Didn't we, uh... We picked one out already. I think we had one in the hopper. First time I ever hit my head on the ceiling. Oh, that's right. (laughs) First time I ever bumped my head on the ceiling. I like that. First time you ever bumped your head on the ceiling. All right. First time I ever bumped my head on the ceiling. If you have an idea, starting right now, you can go over to 816-607-3663, call it up, 
on your cell phone or your landline, doesn't really matter. Leave us a voicemail. Also, if you have a question, by the way, for Carolyn or Fletcher or something uh, zany and wild to add, you can do that same thing at that same voicemail. Uh, you could also text us the link to a potential cold read. I'd like to do at least one cold read with them again. Ooh, that was always fun. Cold read. Four-way cold read. Definitely. Uh, when Carolyn and Fletcher are over is always fun. But yeah, text us a cold read. You know what to do. 816-607-3663. I'm ready to throw my hands up and just say, ah, Fuck it, dude. Let's go bold. Me too, man. Sir Oma sent me a great story this week. Modified Crown Vic driving down the streets of Nebraska with a bull riding shotgun. Oh, man. Very strong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This man removed half of his windshield and half of the roof of his vehicle to make room for Howdy Doody, the bull. And then Strong move. The passenger door is a yellow metal cattle gate, you know, so that the bull can be tied up and not go anywhere while they're driving around. This is a Watusi bull, for those who care and want to know. And, of course, longhorns for the hood ornament on this whip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you had the little classic Texan uh, box, boxed-out car with a longhorn ornament mm-hmm. and this man got pulled over by the police for driving around like this because a bunch of 911 calls were coming in <laughs> yeah everybody was like that's a dumb place to keep bulls yeah don't worry can't keep your bulls there the bull was not steering <laughs> <laughs> I tried wow wow indeed uh but Dude got an award for best car entry in Nebraska's big rodeo parade. Hilariously, though, it wasn't this car he was driving. He was just pulling a trailer with the bull in it back then. I see. Yeah. I think he could win that award again with this (laughs) ride. This pimped out ride. And uh, although it was clearly a few traffic violations going on, the cop did let him go back home with just a warning. His wife was not happy about it. She's got quotes in the Associated Press article. Oh, no. They called his wife. Mm-hmm. I yeah. told him not to put that cow in the passenger seat, but he won't listen. Mm-hmm. They couldn't get a hold of him. I guess he's a real shy guy. But his wife is blah, 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 blah. You know, or for what he paid to do this to the car, I could have had a kitchen remodel, that kind of thing. Oh. Well, you, know, you still could. Still could. Because now he is a <clears throat> national treasure. Yeah, he's famous and stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now's the time to ask for that remodel, baby. <laughs> uh, it's on the to-do list. <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah. You know what I hate? What? Road gators. Oh, yeah, they're and the worst. Any sort of debris on the road. Mm-hmm. And one New Hampshire lady is uh, definitely thinking that, because she was driving along on the main turnpike, when the vehicle in front of her hit some metal that was in the road, probably some mechanical part from a truck. Dang old trucks always losing their shit on the road, I'm telling you. And anyways, the car hits this metal piece and it goes flying back into her windshield just above the steering wheel. And the glass shattered 
And I mean, it just narrowly missed her. Mm. She had to pull over and, you know, 911 was called and she was treated for minor injuries from the glass breaking, but that metal rod or whatever it was did not kill her like it could have. She's alive to tell the tale. Lucky. Yep. I think a lot of people were pretty fed up with the state of things um, when the scamdemic rolled out. I think it's brought out the worst in a lot of people, Mm -hmm. uh, politically, and, um, (laughs) you know, like, beat me harder daddy-wise. Yeah. Uh, Things got really gross. Families literally split apart and such. Uh, And so people found different ways to deal with that. Thankfully, a lot of people found this community, which is awesome. But for one group of folks, um, a woman, her son, her sister, they decided that it was just time to escape society. And so they decided to go live in the wilderness. Sick. They told their family that they were traveling to another state for a family emergency. Um, But they did tell a stepsister the plans. You know, they didn't say where they were planning to set up camp. But they told her, hey, uh, we're just going to go live off the grid and survive. And unfortunately, um, their bodies just turned up. Partially decomposed in their tent with some empty food containers and survival books nearby. A hiker happened upon them because uh, they were out in Colorado. So it seems like they probably died of malnutrition on top of hypothermia. Jeez. Mm-hmm. But I think... I think it was nice that they tried. Yeah. I'm proud of them for that. At least give it a shot, right? Yeah. What's the uh, worst that could happen? I mean, this. the 14-year-old boy didn't really get much say in it because, you know, mom decides we're going to live in the woods in a tent. Right. You're a kid. That's kind of a bummer. There's a, a whole line they're throwing in the press where, oh, he was found, his body was holding the stepsister's rosary that she gave them before they went out. And I just thought, how gruesome is that? Like, no one knows that. That's just a journalist taking their artistic ability to pull some heartstrings, you know? Yes. <laughs> oh, well. And so the, the stepsister, whose rosary it was, of course, she says, I can't even take it out of the evidence bag. It still is, like, too much for me. And, you know, she warned them not to go. But got to give it the good old college try. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, this is sort of one of those things, you know, get in the car and drive, right? Yep. Go out into the wilderness with a tent. Oh, they had these survival books, but you know, book learning isn't going to save you in the wilderness. Yeah. They used it to make the first fire, and they were pretty much out of luck. Yeah, there's some speculation that um, having the fire too close could have been what did them in. Oh, yeah, carbon monoxide. Yep, monoxide poisoning. Yep, you always want to have an opening over your fire. You don't want to be trapping in those carbon monoxide fumes, because you can't smell them, and you can't really, you know... If you fall asleep and your fire's going and there's carbon monoxide buildup, you're screwed. Yeah. Also, camping in a cold, snowy place. Mm. Yeah. We can all learn from their mistakes. There's ways to do it that I learned in the Boy Scouts. Yep. That's why you're always prepared. Uh, Kind of like Delta. 
they had to turn around two hours into their journey from Atlanta, Georgia to Barcelona <laughs> because a passenger had diarrhea all the way through the plane. Talk about a shitty situation. No, thank you. You're all ready for this long flight, and then, oops, sorry, guys. Got to turn around. Two hours in. Incredible. And two hours back. They couldn't just emergency land somewhere halfway? I know. They were still over the States. You know? it's. They got to go all the way back to the destination. Mm-hmm. That would make me so pissed. Not to mention how it must have smelled. Like, I understand. Trapped in the same cabin, bro. That's pretty gross, but I also just felt like, couldn't they have just cleaned it up, too, mid-flight? Uh, that out of the, their scope of work or something? I don't know. So, yeah, turned all the way around. Uh, and the pass- the crew transferred along with the passengers and made it to Barcelona the next day, eight hours later than scheduled, but still the next day. Um, but it's unknown if that sick passenger was amongst them. Their identity is a mystery. How embarrassing. How embarrassing indeed. One more for you. (sighs) Being in that can flying through the air makes you feel real healthy and strong. Not. Anyway, if you're going to steal stuff, you probably shouldn't post about it on social media. No. Um, The mistake of young folks. Often. These Zoomers are wild, man. Yeah. There's a 23-year-old who uh, got caught up. I guess there's a string of vehicle break-ins in Florida. And there were two suspects uh, wearing, and I quote from all of the articles, face coverings. You know, they don't say ski masks or whatever. Yeah. They're not calling them masks. These are face coverings. And I think that's a good intentional, oh, let's separate robbery masks from, you know, safe and effective. <laughs> right. Rah, 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 follow the propaganda masks. Rubber ear bands, <laughs> chits. Face diapers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are wearing face coverings and gloves. And dude stole a Mercedes Benz, uh, then posted about his new vehicle on the socials. And took it to a gas station at 4.30 in the morning where he pushed down his face mask of whatever kind it was (laughs) and entered, still wearing latex gloves on his hands, which I think is pretty suspicious, along with the hour. But what's hilarious here is that this kid has very distinct tattoos on his face and his neck, which can be seen in the video, that you know, surveillance video from the gas station. You're going to drive your stolen car to a place that's got cameras all around. Good idea. And post about it on the socials. So he got picked up, and uh, he's buying bars now. Just had to go and flaunt your new stolen vehicle, didn't you? Stupid. Some lady in Texas went on a blind date and convinced the guy. or She's from Texas. But she moved to America from Iran when she was 12. And so she went on a blind date in Las Vegas, got the guy to meet her in a hotel room, um, and then stabbed him in the neck. Oh, my God. Uh, 
now she's now saying that she was hallucinating at the time, of course, had to go a little crazy. And she thought she was the vampire uh, from the movie From Dusk Till Dawn. And that's why she stabbed him in the neck. Oh, I see. You know, she was Salma Hayek or whatever that actress's name is. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, hilariously, in the video of the body cam footage of when the cops picked her up, she was talking, talking, talking. And, and she had claimed that night that she wanted to spill some American blood out of spite and revenge for the U.S. slaying of Iranian military leaders. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and the guy survived, uh, and he said in court that he forgave her. But, you know, she made it a point, court, her attorney made it a point, I should say, uh, to say that, oh, you know, she's bipolar and schizophrenic, and she was off her medication at the time of that incident. So um, after pleading guilty... To two counts of false imprisonment with the use of a deadly weapon, the judge sentenced her to probation and house arrest. Holy shit. Citing her mental health struggles as the reason for avoiding prison. Must be fucking nice. Must be fucking nice. Isn't that crazy? Boom, boom, ain't it great to be crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suddenly you can decide that the the weed has induced schizophrenia in you and then you can get away with it all. Not legal advice. Just uh the, you know, just thinking. Just thinking out loud here. Yeah, that part of the law is pretty wild, man. Yeah. Oh, you're crazy. You can't control yourself, so you can't be held liable for your own actions. In fact, we feel bad for you. It's alright, get better. Take some time to yourself. You just gotta stay in your house for a little while. Wear this uh, ankle monitor. Take some meds. Do some interviews with the the news, you know? <laughs> Tell them go. about the fantasies you were having of yeah. being a vampire. That's why you stabbed the guy. You got to rewrite the narrative. You know, we didn't like that whole revenge for drone slayings. Yeah, got to sell some Quentin Tarantino DVDs, man. Exactly. And hot vampires. Whew. We love that. Yeah. Nebraska man's at it again. Oh, yeah, and this next story, a bunch of 911, okay, not a bunch, one 911 call came in with a dude saying that someone was driving on the wrong side of Highway 77 with his brights on, and that he almost uh, ran the guy off the road. So deputies caught up with the caller and found he was the one driving on the wrong side of the road. <laughs> So anyway, uh, they asked, hey, why'd you call 911? And he said, oh, you know, I I thought the other drivers were on the wrong side of the road, but it was me, like a dumb fuck. Whoops. His words. No one was injured, though. Wow. But, you know, he was driving drunk, so. Oh, God. That's not going to happen. He was definitely hammered. Stupid! You're so stupid! Yeah. Yeah, never call the cops. Just so, don't. It's a bad idea. Yeah. You know what else is a bad idea? What? <laughs> Buying Paw Patrol snacks in England. Oh? Because they weren't watching the URL that they were printing on their packaging. Oh, God. And it was going to uh, an allegedly pornographic website. Yeah, that's good for kids. <laughs> when you follow the... URL name on desktop 
which I have not. I'm going off of the word of journalists. I have no interest in looking these things up. Okay. Uh, but it, it says that it goes to a Chinese site that claims it's temporarily unavailable. But if you view it in a mobile browser, say, or, you know, maybe a tablet, that's where the kids are, it goes to a holding page that has sexually explicit ads. Oh, no. From, like, pawpatrol.com? <laughs> no. It's a... AppyKidsCode.com, A-P-P-Y-KidsCode.com, if you're interested in uh, checking that out. That, they were printing that on their packaging, and they don't even know where it goes. Huh. Stupid. Like I said, if you're on a desktop, it'll take you to some Chinese, uh, we not available right now, but it's the mobile browser where it's different. Might have boobs or something. Uh, I target on mobile, and yes, indeed, there's some... Uh... Poundtown Gifts. Poundtown Gifts. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's not what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe they... Uh, to put on the Paw Patrol stuff, anyway. They forgot to renew their website. Yeah. Oh, right. And the Chinese hopped on it. But, <sighs> yeah, your kid probably shouldn't be following URLs on packaging anyway. I mean, what's a kid doing? Yeah. The internet's no place for children. That's okay? no doubt. That's no doubt at all. <laughs> Keep them off the internets. Yeah, definitely. And keep your dogs on leashes. Because if you don't, they might just sneak into a Metallica concert. Like one German Shepherd by the name of Storm. It's hilarious because Storm's owners noticed that uh, the dog had slipped out of the house. And then they started seeing pictures of her popping up online because... Storm managed to sneak into a Metallica concert and take a seat. <laughs> this was in California. Uh, the dog just sat in a seat as if it paid for a ticket and was planning to be there. Stayed the whole time, the whole concert. Slipped in, stayed till closing time, then got a ride to the pound. Very nice. Yeah. When its owners picked her up. I don't know the gender of the dog. I said her, but it just goes by Storm. Okay. Anyways, man, that must be loud for a dog. Yeah. Concert? Probably. Probably. But, hey, if it just sat there in the seat, it must have liked it. Yeah, just there to see some Metallica, you know. Yeah. Things it wasn't able to do in its previous life as a human, maybe. <laughs> oh, yeah, they still slap. They don't ID the dogs. That's true. They don't even charge them for a ticket. They just sneak right in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walk on by. And my last for story for the lanes is another dog tale. hey -o. This time from Arizona, where a senior dog was found uh, walking around without a collar or anything. Very shy, got taken to the Humane Society. Uh, didn't wag its tail, just seemed like a sad dog. Old, scraggly. But it had a microchip, so they scanned it, and the uh, name of Minion came up. There was a number, so... Yeah, you know, the people called the vo and left a voicemail when no one answered. Then they got a call back. And the owner said that Minion had been missing since 2011. Whoa. Yeah. Some maintenance guy left their back gate open where they were living then, and dog was gone. They looked for Minion for a long time, but didn't find it. Well, 12 years later, here <laughs> they are. That's crazy. They, uh, they found Minion in Maricopa County, and the family lives in Phoenix. So it's like 45 minutes away. 
They gave the dog a ride home, and they said that was the first time they saw the dog's tail wag when it was reunited with its original owners. Very nice. Yeah, so sweet. I was glad that one had a happy ending. Yeah, that feels good. Feels good to end on some strikes at the lanes, you know? Definitely. You can always turn things around. That's right. Well, we hope uh, to turn your week around by presenting you with another fun-filled Bowls with Buds this week on Friday evening. Please join us as we rip bowls with our old buds, Carolyn Blaney and John Fletcher of Hog Story. That'll go down at 8 Central on Friday. And then, of course, you know, we'll be back at it next Tuesday and every Tuesday. Just look on your calendar and circle all the ones with Tuesday. Those are the days that we will be cranking out new bowl after bowl episodes. Taking over the stream around 9 Central or whenever DH Unplug allows us uh, to take over the stream. Until then, I'll be Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. And I'll be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after bowl till he's sick. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowls and buds and bowls and bowls. Lorian and Spencer. Bowl after bowl. Sir Spencer and Dame DeLorean. You mind if I do a drink? I've never done a blunt. I'd do one. Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. Smoke weed every day. Oh, she's dead. None of this is good. None none of this is good. I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting. You're not going to end prohibition by getting arrested. Stay stoned. We're stoned. She is stoned. Lots of weed. Bowl after bowl dot com.